What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Point Man Podcast. I am your host, John Imperial, and I am here today with Phil Pelletier. Phil, what's going on, buddy? Hey, John. How you doing tonight? Uh, hanging in there. Hanging in there. We had a good round of golf this morning. and uh, Well, it was a round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some good shots, some uh, pure shanks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But it was just good to get, be back on the course after a few months for me. Has it been that long for you? Yeah, I think so. Probably. I don't know. I've been trying to get out. Just I've been out probably once a week for the last couple weeks and it's been nice yeah not that i've noticed it in my game but it just feels <laughs> it just feels good yeah exactly i think the last time i was out was with you and my dad up at andrew middle, yeah. of, middle of summer so yep that was good yeah yeah definitely good and uh good to be out there how's the family been all right family's good there you go school has started yeah how's the boat been boat is about to go away i know how's that that's bittersweet. Yeah. It's more bitter, actually. It's <laughs> not bet. sweet at all. I bet. No more accidents on the boat of uh, shanking our legs off the, uh, or excuse me, I'm not including you in that, but shanking my leg off the boat trailer. Yeah, no, it's funny. No one else seems to jump on the trailer when I'm driving around with it. It's <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> right? Right. Well, uh, well, today we are with Mark DeBona. Mark is a board member for the organization Blue Help, and he's here with us on the phone. Mark, what's going on, bud? Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. It's truly a pleasure. I'm really excited about this. Oh, me too. It's 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 great that you're doing this, and I'm I'm, I'm happy that you were able to uh, reach out. And I originally had sent it to uh, sent an email to ask for like the president of Blue Help, but I was just I didn't know much about how the organization was run and how many people were were on it. So I'm glad that you reached out to us and uh, prepared to have a good conversation. Yeah, pinch hitting for uh, for our. Our president Karen, yeah. Um, but uh, ho- hopefully, I can fill her shoes, and I think I can. So. <laughs> I'm but uh, I think I think I'll give it a good shot. Awesome. So. Awesome. Well, uh, well, today we usually start off the podcast with a uh, with a, a drink in hand. So today we are drinking what? Phil, what'd you bring over? Uh, this is a brew from Mass Landing Brew Company. Um, that? that is you're gonna make me look because I didn't do my homework. Oh, come on now. It's out of Westbrook, Maine. <laughs> okay. And uh, actually, I just picked this up. Um, this weekend and it's good. It's a double dry hop India pale ale. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, I, I think like most people, I look at the can art Yeah, and if it looks cool, then I'll give it a second <laughs> yeah. look. That's how I buy my wine. Yeah. When I buy wine. If it looks cool, I buy it. Yeah. I don't admit <laughs> I buy wine. Oh, Hey, why not? <laughs> Just kidding. No, but I know I definitely, I buy my, uh, well, well, talking about labels, there's a, uh, there's a wine here in Florida. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, uh, uh, First of all, it's great to talk to people from back home. Oh, yeah. Second of all, um, there's a, uh, in my presentations, I talk about um, ass kissers in the agencies yep. you know, who, who, who climb the ladder. And yep. uh, my wife found a ball of wine called Ass Kisser, believe it or not. <laughs> that, and, uh, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's a pretty good wine. I'm not an ass kisser, but it's a pretty good wine. There's <laughs> <So. laughs> well, uh, a, uh, a winery near my fiance. No, fiance is. Uh, hometown of Truro, Mass, and the way that they market you know, the wine that we both like is it's the wine bottles itself in the shape of a lighthouse. I'm like, that's pretty freaking nice. neat. Yeah. It's very nice. nice. Yeah, something nice. different, you know. But, right. Uh, so what do you have down there, Mark? What are you drinking tonight? I just cracked open uh, Sam, uh, Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. I'm, I'm you guys right now as we speak. Festive. You know? Well, here's to you. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, I know. They uh, they came out with the Oktoberfest, what, the last week of August, I think it was out? Maybe even before that. Maybe before. It's been out. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I, like, I, I don't really like it how they always do that. It seems, you know, way too early. Every year it's earlier. It, yeah. 
Yeah, well, Florida is, you know, it's either hot or hot, so so really not much of a change of season here. So, yeah. but, uh, usually my beer my beer choice is the Boston Lager. Okay, uh, that's that, that's my choice, but I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I just uh, this, actually this was on sale, so that's why I bought it. Oh, there so, you go. So. Yeah. Do they have Yingling down there? Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Good beer. Yep. I just uh, yeah. I used to love it when I lived in North Carolina, and I just saw that they're partnering with Coors. I think really? it was Coors, and uh, so now they're going to hope to get a better. Uh, nationwide distribution that's so. what they want is more nice. distribution yeah okay huh that's a good beer to have it's so. a great beer and it's very few and far between in the northeast at least in new hampshire it is yeah you gotta go to like new york or southern mass i think to get it yeah yeah so is there much of that sam adams down in florida or are they uh yeah it's, it's actually huge uh in, in florida uh sam adams they have the i see the trucks all the time and uh it's all over the place it remind me it actually remind me of a story when I, when I was, I hate to say when I was a kid, but when I was younger, yeah. uh, I can remember taking a trip from Massachusetts to New Hampshire on Sunday to buy my beer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, because they had those blue laws down in Mass that, you know, if you're in the middle of state. They did, yeah. I never never could understand that. We used to, and we used to get Narragansett, Narragansett <laughs> beer, which is, uh, I'm sure, my age here. Right? Oh, but, uh, that's all right. It's still a good lager. Oh no! It's all yeah. You know, I, I have no no problem with little PBR every once in a while. Not a bad thing either. You know, bunch of beer is not a bad beer by any means. No, so, no. Yeah, Narragansett. Hey, neighbor, have a Gansett. That's the old tagline for him. So definitely a good beer. Right. I've I've, uh, I've enjoyed them. But um, you've never had a Phil? No, I've never had it. No, you gotta. Have, it's a it's a. I'm you know I'm not like a huge beer person like to begin with i've yeah. I branched out to ipas in like the last two years and yeah that's about as far as i go yeah that's and, right. I drink, that's and i drink and i drink yingling yeah <laughs> yeah but uh you expand you expand a little bit bro you gotta get those case buds going you I'm, know i'm working on it i'm working on it when i start drinking usually dark when, beer usually you know. when i travel i usually when i when we go out to dinner so i always ask what their local beer is and yeah. try their beer and some sometimes it's been great and other times not so much yep. yeah, so. yeah i enjoyed that overseas like greece and italy and spain trying their local stuff and really you know even mexico i tried their uh their cerveza and that was good yeah I wish I had the chance to do that. Not yet, but that'll be that'll be cool. Oh, I'm sure you will soon enough. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a neat. So, before we get into it, Mark, I just want to go over a few things with uh, with the people here and that are actually listening to this. We think I, we almost reached a thousand downloads total, so we're up to seven. Very nice. Seven interviews. This or seven episodes. This will be uh, number eight, and I hope uh, people are listening to it. But uh, with everything going on in. Uh, the world today with regards to not only just policing, but, you know, in, in America, I think uh, the niche of this podcast is, you know, to be, talk about a lot about mental health and make sure, you know, people know that it's out there and to uh, give people an outlet, number one, but just to raise awareness about mental health within law enforcement. And I'm not necessarily talking about the mental health and how we deal with people who are having issues and whatnot, but the mental health for officers, I think it's a... I think it's overlooked and not spoken about nearly enough. And you know, I don't know about uh, Mark. We'll get into your experiences, but um, where where we work, I just think it's uh, leaving agencies out of it. I just think as as a state and as a, as a uh, like an area of New England, I just don't think it's talked about nearly as often as it as it should be. But before we get into the actual interview and uh, find out where, uh, where where you're from, Mark, and you about your career. I just want to go over a few things. So in 2016, the Officers Down Memorial page uh, listed that uh, 181 officers had taken or had their lives taken from them uh, in the line of duty. And Phil's going to give you 
Guys, another stat from uh, Blue Help. 143. That was the number of officers that were reported to have taken their lives up to 2016, I believe. So in 2017, 185 officers uh, were reported by ODMP. And Phil? 172. Wow. And 2018, Phil? 174. I have 185 officers that were reported to ODMP. And the last year that the Officers Down Memorial page uh, has statistics for is 2019. And 147 officers had their lives taken uh, from them. And Phil? 228. Yeah. So I think, you know, I just think that that's those numbers need to be reported and, and spoken about because it just shows that we hear all the time about when officers lose their lives in the line of duty, but we don't hear much about when, you know, the stressors of the job and the stressors of life with the job uh, have affected an officer so much to have taken uh, their own life. And I just think that it is a, a good thing to, you know, talk about and to, uh, you know, just make people aware of. So, Mark, uh, I know we, we had spoken a little bit before this uh, before this podcast started, before we started recording, but uh, you were an officer for a total of, what, 33 years? Yeah, 33 years. I retired last uh, April of 2019 after 33 years. A long and winding road. <laughs> but, but, it, but it was a good road. I, I uh, Somebody asked me would I do it over again. Um in this climate, I, I probably would have to give it a second thought, but yeah. for the most part, yeah, a, a, absolutely. And unfortunately, the climate that we're in right now is just absolutely horrific for officers physically and emotionally. It is just sad, really is. And any, any active officer, I, I'll tell you, I, I give you guys 110% credit because it's not, I know, I know for a fact it's not easy. Well, I give you credit just for making it all the way through to the end of your career. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 30... I started when I was 21. Uh, I started in Braintree, Mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, did, I did a couple of years there. Then I went over to the Amtrak police. A lot of people don't realize Amtrak has their own police department. Um, and they're pretty high speed too, aren't uh, they? Yeah, they, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. That's where I learned my, my police skills because um, as a transit cop, um, you uh, you work by yourself quite a bit, whether it's on the uh, trains or in a station or or some of that effect. And you, you got to learn how to handle yourself. Um, and then when you call for another unit, uh, your, your, your unit could be coming from across the other side of the, of the city or, or God knows from where. So right. you have to learn how to talk. You have to actually have to learn how to defend yourself. And it, it was, uh, I, I, le- I learned quite a bit there. I was on the street crimes unit with them. Uh, unfortunately, I got laid off in back in the uh, early 90s. Um, Massachusetts, would, to find a cop job in Massachusetts was, was next to almost impossible. Still due is. To, uh, proposition. So yeah, I, I, I believe it through the civil service and proposition two and a half that went on there. So I um, uh, I heard about Florida that they would accept out of state academies, and I had to go to the academy for like three weeks in Florida, and, and went to the Seminole County Sheriff's Office where I did my 25 years, and I retired as a patrol sergeant. Um, okay, and uh, it was a good run. Uh, Career wise, uh, cop wise, it was a good run. Uh, it took a toll on me emotionally. I'm we'll, I'm, we'll get to that shortly. Yeah. But um, but for the most part, uh, it was really a good run. I was a sergeant out of 19 out of the 25 years with Seminole County. Um, I was a um, I was a I, I pride myself on being a cops cop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would be you know, taking pride, helping my brothers and sisters as best as they can. I led from the front. I didn't sit behind a desk. I didn't micromanagement or, or anything like that. So the day I retired, I was out there writing tickets, making arrests, whatever needed to be done with the guys and girls. And every 
I don't like using the word supervisor. I like using the word leader because you mm-hmm. should lead by example. Yep, exactly. and unfor- but unfortunately, we have supervisors. Um, those are the supervisors who don't lead by example, and that's unfortunate. Yes, you are. You are completely, completely correct. I, f- I think if you f- if you see people that have been on the job for that ima- that many years, I mean, when could you have retired? How many years on of those thirty three could you have actually, you know, pulled the plug and retired? Uh, well, I mean, Florida the uh, the Florida retirement system is twenty five years for seventy five percent. Okay. Um, so when I went into it's called drop, and when I went into the retirement system, um, I said to my wife, "Yeah, I can go. You can go up to five years." And obviously, the longer you stay, the longer, you know, the longer your pension is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lasted. I lasted one month. I just. I just knew. I knew it was time to go. I, I wanted to focus more on uh, on on mental health wellness for officers. Um, That's awesome. My agency tied me tied me back on that quite a bit. Um, and I, I just. I just knew it was time to go. I'm, I'm spiritual. Um, I. 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 I believe God sent me a message. It's just time to go. And uh, I honestly, I don't think I would have made the five years anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of all, all the BS that's going on right now and the internal BS and everything that go everything that goes with it, so um, I talked over my wife and I and it was actually a mic drop re- re- retirement. I um, got up one day uh, after I, I was on midnights by choice, and I got up one day and I said, you know something, I I, I don't want to go to work in the next couple of days. Um, I'm going to retire, and I was eligible. I called up my lieutenant and said, hey, um, I'm heading to headquarters and I'm uh, I'm hanging it up. And his answer back was, well, you know, you, you have to give a notice. Give it to you right now, brother. <laughs> so, you know, and, <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> awesome. You, you, and, uh, go ahead. You go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say you hear a lot of uh, you hear a lot of talk that people are going to do that, and and it's going to be you know when I when I retire or when I want to retire, it's usually by the guys who are already retired on duty, Rod. Yeah, um, but exactly, you, you, exactly. you hear a lot of that. I'm just going to walk in and retire, but no one actually does it. But to actually hear somebody who uh, essentially did it is even better. Well, the funny thing about it is, is uh, when I got to um, HQ, um, when I went into human resources, my letter was already typed up for me. So I thought that was nice of them. You know, it <laughs> <So, so. laughs> <laughs> can either go one of yeah. two ways. It's either really nice of them or they were glad to see you go. But I thought, I thought well, it was it, the second yeah. half. The, exp- uh, the old expression goes, uh, the FBI would call that a clue. So, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking they have really don't let the door hit the ass on the way out. <laughs> that'd, be my, that'd be my guess. Cause I was the kind of guy, uh, and I talk about this quite a bit in my presentations, you know, you, you go, you go to a meeting, mm-hmm. a, a cop meeting and the, um, the captain is up there, you know, you know, go team and blah, blah, blah. And he says something ridiculous. And you look around the room, and 95% of the room is shaking their heads up and down, the bobble yeah. dolls. Yeah. Well, I was the guy who would raise his hand and say, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, uh, uh, seriously, what are you thinking here? And obviously that got me nowhere fast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so. Like, right. I don't know if it's a new, I don't know if it's a New England thing or it's just uh, I didn't I didn't care or maybe a little bit of both or I think, or what? I, I but think it's, it's, it might have been a New England thing because you know you hear those strong unions in New England. I don't know how it was down in Florida, but uh, they always have those strong unions that are always there questioning things, especially in Massachusetts. That's kind of what you know the guys are known for is to have that strong presence and always question you know what they're doing, not what they're doing, but they'll do it. It's just you know always coming at it with a different perspective or point of view. Right, right. You know, and, and I, I get, I get. You know, they, they pay. You know, they pay your salary. You have, you have to play by the rules, and I did play by the rules. But we're also still in America, and we're not going to be uh, bullied, or, or some uh, politically correct uh, supervisor 
who probably never spent a day on the road mm-hmm. is telling you, oh, you know, you, sh- you should have done this and you should have done that. And you just look at them like, are you, are you serious? I mean, come on, come on, will you? I worked with you when you, when you were on the road and you were nothing then. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, right. pe- and people forget where they come from too, yep. which is huge. Exactly. Exactly. You've been in a few of those meetings. It just, yeah, it, it makes you shake your head and yeah. And just try to keep your nose down. And especially if you haven't reached that at retirement age or retirement possibility, you just trying to kind of get through the, get, get through your day and through your year, just to have another one under your belt. But, to have somebody there who's willing to fight for you. I mean, were the guys, were they supportive of you when you were making those uh, questions and judgments? Well, it was, it was, it, yeah, for the most part it was, um, I would, we had our little click, like mm-hmm. every, every, you know, everybody has a click and I would sit with two or three other sergeants and we'd nudge each other. And then I'm like, you got this one? No, nah, I'll take this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or a couple of times, you know, the people that didn't speak up would turn and look at us and, you know, put their hands up like, you know, when are you going to say something? Yeah. And I did say to them one time, was this was, I can't fight your battles all the time. You know, you, you're going to have to grow a set and, uh, and speak up for yourselves here. I've definitely heard yeah, that. Yeah. From, uh, that same exact line. I can, I can, I'm looking at Phil right now. I'm thinking of the officer, uh, who was a part-time officer when, when Phil and I worked for, uh, his first agency, um, who, would, who was a retired, uh, full-time officer. And he would say those things to us because we were newer and younger at the job. And he's like, when I go, you guys are going to be the ones that actually speak up and say these things because it needs to be said. And it's funny to, to hear it from you coming as well. Yep. Right, it's right, definitely right. an older well, school guess, mentality. It's New England thing. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, so were you on mainly patrol your entire career while you were there? I would say probably uh, I, I was in traffic for three years. The first couple of months, I loved it. And then I wasn't really into writing soccer moms tickets for speeding and yeah. school zones. You know what I mean? I just, yeah. uh, it wasn't my thing. I, I liked more of the, you know, the 911 stuff. But, but yeah, majority of my career was uh, was in patrol and uniform. Um, did a very short stint in investigations. Hated it. Um, I always liked being a frontline troop and being right there yeah yeah, yeah. so i just i so it was it was my choice actually to stay in uniform pretty much my whole career okay and uh no no regrets at all i, I was a field i mean i was a field training officer traffic uh street crimes things like that but always always like on on the street i very much enjoyed actually being an fto i enjoyed that a lot and i'm, I'm also academy instructor so i really enjoy taking the young guys and girls and hopefully instill some of my experience and some of my wisdom, whether it's right or wrong, uh, mm-hmm. to, for them to, to, you know, to learn and to learn from my mistakes also. And God knows I could write the book on that. I know. So, I, I, uh, I feel you there in the same way. Right, I think it's right. good as, you know, I, I've trained a few people. I know Phil has, and, uh, I think it's always good to have a, a trainee with, you know, oh, maybe not always good, but it's, it's a, just a good fresh perspective every now and then just to have that trainee with you. And to be teaching him or her just the, the new things on the job and pass that knowledge along. I've always enjoyed it. I mean, I was always that kid when I was in high school to do a bunch of ride-alongs. So I, I kind of always saw like the other, that that half of it. And I just, I mean, sometimes I view, uh, you know, being an FCO nothing more than just having ride-alongs. So, and just trying to teach uh, them the well, on-the-job techniques and all that sort of stuff. And it's always been rewarding for the most part. 
Oh, yeah, I, I would definitely say so. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, even something as simple as, hey, listen, this is how you talk your way into searching a vehicle. Uh, you know, this this is how you pat somebody down, or 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 just or just a, a you know, kiss control encounter, or, yeah. or 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 something simple as um, you go to a um, I don't want to say simple. Simple is probably the bad word to use, but you go to a natural death call. And you know the, the family's grieving, and, and it, it's a skill to talk to the family to you know to make them um, to not feel better, but make them you know, respectful, and and then put them, and put yourself in their situation for a second. And that's one thing I used to instill into. Uh, you know, I, I had no problem locking somebody up. I love chasing the bad guys, but um, you know, like opiate issues right now, a lot of good people have lost their lives due to opiates, yeah. and they're not and they're not and they're not scumbags by any means. No. And uh, and those and no and, and there there are a lot of good people out there and in the world that we live in right now, and I was just actually just saying this today to somebody. There are people out there that that respect the police, mm-hmm. but unfortunately they're, they're the ones that don't get the at the attention. It's yeah. you know it's the the idiots that are burning down things and uh, you know uh, things like that. Unfortunately, but the, but um, there are people out there that respect the police. There's no doubt no doubt in my mind. It's that and, very. And I, very active and very vocal 10% of the crowd, the ones that are actually burning and looting and whatnot that actually have the media, the most of the media's attention. And you don't hear about the people who are still supporting the police, still supporting us dropping off food at the police department, buying us coffee all the time and whatnot. And you, you never hear about that sort of stuff at all. Right. Right. And, and that's sad because that's the good side of law enforcement. Yep. Exactly. You think, think about this guys for a second. You're about 21, 22 years old. You decide, okay, yeah, I want to become a cop, or or is your lifelong dream to become a cop? And you watch 15 minutes of the news of uh, you know the, the the police shootings and the negativity that goes with it, on and on and on. Why would you sign up for this? Uh, I wouldn't yeah, you, at all. Yeah, but but nobody sees the good side of it of of uh, something simple, something that's broken down, and you, and you give them get you get them gas. Yeah, I, I, or just something something as simple as that. You know, I, I worked when I was in traffic. I worked a crash one one day, uh, one night. This older lady, she rear-ended a car, completely her fault. You know, mm-hmm. no question about. It. She told her car. Um, her family was coming two hours to come and get her. I I, I drove her to a uh, to a restaurant. I I paid for her dinner. I said you'd be safe at this because the area she was in was not a good area to be in. And uh, but I put her in a brought her to a safe area. I bought her dinner for her because she's you know, she's elderly and. That made me feel so good, and uh, to do something like that. But we don't. And I'm not saying that for a pat in the back by any means. But that's the good. That's that's the law enforcement side that people just don't see. Yeah. And that all is that's just humanity. That's all that is. Exactly. And, and Phil's yeah. gonna Phil's gonna probably hate me for telling the story. And he, he's already, I can already see him racking his brain right now. But you know, when he was just out of the Marine Corps and new to the PD that we he started with, and I was still uh, working there and. I had him for a night as a as a trainee. I think he was just out of the academy. Maybe had four or five weeks on with another FTO, and it was about five fifty in the morning. And our shift our shift ends at six. And I, uh, yeah, he's already shaking his head right now. But a woman a woman had uh, called nine one one because the only thing in her life other than herself was her dog, and the dog died overnight. And without getting into it, it. You know, she had no. She literally just lost the only thing that she had in her life, and you know, about 60, 60 years old, I'd say. If I don't really remember, older, but, probably yeah. seventy five. Yeah, maybe. And it was just she had no idea what to do, and you know, you, you you're helping her out. What I don't care. Like, it, I I love dogs. Don't get me wrong. I it, you know, at right. five fifty in the morning, my shift's getting off at six. I really don't want to go friggin' help her out, but I'm going to obviously. And sure. 
you know, in one of those things, it's like it's it's rewarding because you've, you this person has that's the only thing she has in her life, and you're trying to help her out, even if it's hey, call, trying to call her daughter that lived in a, a forty minutes away, or trying to call the vet, or as simple something as simple as wrapping the dog the dog up in a blanket and moving it to a different room. You know what I mean? And so yeah, it's, it's oh, the, absolutely, yeah. It's, it's the stuff like that that you know, both he and I enjoyed was you know there are different little things whether it's you know, coming across the kids at a park and you, you know, giving them bike helmets or tossing the football for a minute, stuff like that. And, uh, that you don't hear about that makes the news. It happens every single day, multiple times a day throughout the entire country. And, uh, yeah, the rewarding stuff. Right. Right. It, it's really sad. Now think about this for a second. Think about the, we'll use uh, Portland as example. Mm-hmm. Portland's out of control right now. There's, there's no question about it. Now think of these guys and girls that are working day, day in, day out. Uh, 12, 16-hour shifts, they come home, um, and like the, the old cliche saying, you know, honey, how was your day? They were just spit on, uh, stuffed for feces thrown at them. Yeah. Um, they're seeing the worst of the worst. People are degrading them to no end, uh, physically and emotionally, and now you're going to go home, and you've got to uh, try and be uh, normal, for lack of a better word. And think of the toll that's taken on those officers emotionally right now and the lack of support from the city and from the department. It's yeah. just, it's just how, I, 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 I don't know how they do it. I, I, I really don't. It's yeah, sad. Exactly. And especially with what happened in Atlanta. I mean, how much did they, were they trying to pay the guys to come back to work after the, the Atlanta shooting and those two guys and those two officers were fired what, almost immediately and, you know, or investigated almost immediately. And it's this, like you said, the same thing. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know what it would take for me to not show up to work and voluntarily just, you know, if I was in their position to do it. But like you said, right. Well, well, like when Atlanta had the blue flu, when they, uh, they, when they bunched them called in sick or whatever, mm-hmm. I mean, well, I mean, you know, I mean, is there, is it the right thing to do? Well, for the brotherhood, it is absolutely. It's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But think, but think about the, the good people that live in Atlanta yep. that, uh, are not getting police protection because these idiots are, are, are you know, are, are burning down, a uh, building or, or whatever they're doing. And the good people of, of Portland, Atlanta, New York, all where, all where all these riots are going on are not getting police protection because all the resources are diverted uh, to the idiots. Yep. And that, and that, and, that, and that's not right. And like, like the story you just told about the dog. Now picture the, the, the old lady in Atlanta who calls 911. They say, we're not going to respond to that. Or we'll, if we get there, it'll be, it'll be tomorrow. And that's, just absolutely horrific yeah exactly who knows when the police it, are going to show up exactly yeah if they, and, and, if they and, do in yeah. a way it's, it's it's disgusting to a point yeah you know exactly so it, it, it makes me sad it really does yeah yeah now uh so you when you moved down to or excuse me you retired what 2019 you said yeah, yeah, April first, two thousand nineteen, April Fool's Day. <laughs> Not a joke. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't plan that when you uh, when you called your I, lieutenant? <laughs> well, I, I I I will tell you this: I got sworn in on June sixth, nineteen eighty five, in Braintree, which was on a Friday. The first Friday of June is National Donut Day, so I got sworn in on National Donut Day, and I left on April Fool's Day. I couldn't make that crap up. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. So there's a method behind the madness. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did you, once you retired, did you, we'll get into it, but uh, did you go right into helping with uh, Blue Help, or how'd that start? No, I would... 
uh, I, I um, when I went through my struggles, um, uh, I, I did, I've been involved with mental health wellness now, suicide prevention, for about, probably about five or six years. Okay. Um, uh, but I devote, uh, and I de- used to devote a lot of time while I was still active, and it obviously it took up a lot of my time, which obviously I don't have a problem with whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, now that I'm retired, I devote a, a, quite a bit of my time uh, to this, and it's it's all volunteer, uh, which I have no issue with, and just if 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 I can touch somebody's life, some officer that's struggling or a friend of theirs is struggling, mm-hmm. their their partner or whoever. Um, and I, and and, oh my God, I I get what he's saying. I probably should get some help or I should offer assistance to this person or something like that. Then I did my job. That's how I look at it. And not, not bragging by any means. I've had several active and retired officers say, listen, man, you did the right thing here, man. You really opened my, oh, you saved my life. And I'm not bragging when I say that by any means, uh, but but it's a damn good feeling. It really is. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, you know, I, I've, gone through my own struggles, you know, while on the job. And there, there's the organizations that, you know, you hear of and then they kind of fade away. But it seems like you guys have had uh, it going for, what, four or five years now at least? Yeah, yeah. What I like about, one of the things that I really like about Blue Health is, you know, we help the officers, but we also help the families mm-hmm. that are left behind. And these these uh, spouses, boyfriend, girlfriends, husband, wives, uh, brothers, uh, daughters, uh, sons, or whatever, they, uh, they they're left with a lot of unknown answers. They're left with a lot of struggles, and most of the question is, you know, why do they do it? And at Blue Help, we assist the families, which is great. And I'll give you an example. How one of the things that we do is, uh, unfortunately, because of COVID, it got canceled this year. But last year, we did a survivor dinner mm-hmm. uh, in Washington D.C. We brought out, I believe, forty families. Uh, we had a huge dinner for them. We paid their way to and from D.C., their, their hotel. And it was a good way for the survivors to uh, mingle with other survivors right. and to show that you know they're not alone, which, which I think is absolutely incredible. We also uh, we're going to be doing survivor camps uh, for kids of, uh, of their parents that died by suicide. That's awesome. Um, wow. Yeah, we, we, we're really excited about this uh, in, in Rolla, Texas uh, on September 26th which we proclaim as uh, a National Suicide, Law Enforcement Suicide Prevention Day, is we're actually uh, doing a ribbon cutting for a park out there where we're going to have a monument for uh, all first responders and military that died by suicide. You said that was September 26th? Not, yes, I yeah, in Rolla, Texas. Okay. okay. Uh, and, um, it, and it's no disrespect to my brothers and sisters that, or our brothers and sisters that died in the line of duty. There's, there's no respect whatsoever. But we want to honor our, our officers because we know just as well as, as 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 anybody knows that uh, stress kills people. Yep. Uh, it's a, it's a, and we want to honor our officers to say that that uh, that we're we're respecting we're respecting the way you lived and we're respecting the legacy that you that you left behind. Yeah, and that's huge. Oh, that, that's that, really huge. That is awesome. I think you know a lot of people. I. I just don't, wouldn't want the people to actually like you know f- not to say forget about them, but like you you're, you're honoring that person that gave their life not only in the it is essentially in the line of duty even though they may not have actually been working that day their their stressors actually come from jo- uh, things that they've dealt with on on the job so it is right. essentially it, in the line of duty death. If you look at the wall in D.C., um, there's several names on there and they're all considered line of duty deaths. I, I would put my retirement check on it that there are suicides on that wall that were yep. that were not um, addressed as suicides. In other words, 
Uh, he or she was cleaning their gun and it accidentally went off. They were driving home. They hit a tree uh, or, 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 or something to that. Or, 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 you know, I'll give you another example. Um, they recognize heart attacks as a line of duty death. Well, what's one of the causes of heart attacks? Stress. Stress. So, um, it, so I guarantee there are officers on that wall that died by suicide. Oh, without, no, a, without no, a doubt. No, no doubt whatsoever. The, the, the statistics alone would say that there have to be. I mean, because like you said, it's in the, in the 1980s when you, when you started, and I assume we can get into it, but when you started, there was probably a huge overwhelming stigma with regards to not only mental health, but mental health within the profession. And I can only imagine how many times that that you were probably told, not necessarily told, but you heard, suck it up, you pussy, whatever it is. It's, you know, you don't talk about it. You, you swallow your feelings, you lock them away, and you, you know, you, you never talk about it again because you're, you're a wimp if you do. You're going to be considered unfit for duty if you talk about it or if you have these thoughts. And... So for the guys who, or men and women, who took their lives back in the 80s, 90s, well, we can even go further back than that. But, you know, there was probably even that thought of, well, this person obviously clearly did commit suicide. And if we label it a suicide on a death certificate, then they're going to be, they're going to not be eligible for the numerous benefits that they could receive if they were, if they just died by accident or died by a heart attack. So... Sure. You know, sure. how many times did that happen even prior to 2000 and people were just labeling it like an accident, like you said. So the, the kids, the wife, the, the husband could get those benefits and and and, the, and now their name is on the wall like you were talking about. Right. Right. And, and when I started in 85, it was uh, how we hear a lot of stress was, well, let's, let's go grab a beer. And, uh, but you never showed any type of weakness, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, like, Hey, that was a rough call we were on last night. And man, it, you know, it kept me up, it kept me up last night, uh, or I'm having nightmares from it or something like that. You didn't dare say something like that because of the stigma. And like you said, unfit for duty or, um, and I'll, I'll give you an example. When I, uh, when I worked for Amtrak, one of my sergeants, when I, we were talking and he told me he's, uh, he just started taking Prozac for stress. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, I said to myself, oh my God, yeah, yeah, you know, this guy's on a mental health uh, uh, pill, and is he, is he okay or or what? And that's the way we just thought. We're like, you know, I don't know about that. Well, kudos to him for getting help. Yeah, but back exactly. then, uh, it was just like, no, no, absolutely, no way would we even even. We, there's no way I would turn to look at you guys and say, I I've, I haven't slept in two days due to that um, due to that bad crash we did we, we went to the other night where the person was decapitated or the officer involved shooting or uh, or something like that. we just didn't talk about it it was it was just the elephant in the room and we just moved on and there's a movie from the from the 1970s uh the new centurions mm-hmm. um it's a great it's a fab, one of my fa- favorite movies the reason why i bring it up is george c scott uh is an lapd officer and he uh retires and he can't accept his retirement too well emotionally. So he starts hanging out at the police station. They're kind of blowing him off a little bit. And plus they're busy, this, that, and the other. Well, he dies by suicide in that movie. And that was made in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So right there, we're looking at police suicide back from the 1970s. Yeah, yeah. But here we are in 2020. And honestly, we're not doing a heck of a lot. We're doing a lot. Absolutely, we are. There's no doubt. But we can always do more. Yeah. That, that, that's how I look at it. You know, PTSD has been around since the Civil War. Um, 
So it's just we got to do better for our officers. We really do. Yeah, we do. And I think a lot of it has, I mean, I've been a police officer 10 years now. And even since I started, I think the, the stigma has definitely changed um, from 2010 to 2020. So I think, like you said, it it's definitely has come a long way, but it's nowhere to where it needs to be whatsoever. Nowhere near it. No, and um, Not even close. I think a lot so, of... Well, the, go ahead. Well, think about this. The NYPD had, I believe, in 2019, if I'm correct, had 11 or 12 suicides. This is the biggest police department in the world, and they have a huge... Uh, the PAPA unit, which is their, their stress unit, is, is huge. They do a phenomenal job, but his 12 officers that died, died by suicide and you know, what's really being done. I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure they're doing something. And I, I actually uh, spoke to an NYPD officer and I asked him what was the reaction uh, from the agency. His answer back was, uh, well, they sent out a 30 minute wellness video that was mandatory watching. Well, come on, we're, we're cops here. What do yeah. we do when we watch a training video? We get fast forward and we sit there and bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was right just thinking about that. Skipping yeah, as long yeah. as there's no questions oh, yeah. in the middle. No, no. I think I'm a master of how to how to um, how to how to go onto Quizlet and answer the questions that are asked, <laughs> that are being asked at the end of that and uh, and get for, and oh, get through absolutely. this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's no fault of ours. It's just, yeah. it, it, it is what it is. But NYPD did address the situation, sure, absolutely. But a 30-minute video is not going to uh, do a heck of a lot. They should uh, – I don't know if they do this or not do it, but there should be officers out there reaching out to the – you know, going to roll call, going to uh, uh, union meetings, mm -hmm. talking about these, these taboo subjects that really nobody wants to talk about because, again, it's alive and well. Yeah. Since, we, since Blue Help has been tracking suicides, they've tracked 1,251 suicides. That's 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 a lot, and, it, 100, and 123 were retirees. Okay, and is, is so, how many of those of those 1,253? How many of them are from the 70s, 80s, and 90s? Essentially, uh, we've been tracking since um, I believe since 2015 or 2016. Okay, that's a that's a, that's a, that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no I, I just 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 had just had a memory thing. Actually, they've been dating back since 1956. Okay. And I, I was what I was thinking. What I was thinking was is uh, yearly what we were tracking. So these suicides go. Did one thousand two hundred fifty one go back to nineteen fifty six? Okay, so those are those are family members coming forward and saying, you know, whoever it was Joe Smith took his took his life in nineteen seventy four, and it wasn't reported right, as right, a exactly whether or not it was or was reported as a suicide or not. It was a suicide, and we want this tracked. Yeah, exactly. Now, okay. that, we also get we also get our information from uh, the agencies that report them, also. But a lot, I'll be honest, a lot of agencies don't report it. No, they no. They, they, they they just don't. You know, because um, they uh, one of the I, I, the question is always asked is why is agencies look at it two different ways? They look at one is it's not an honorable death because uh, suicide is a violent death. Yeah, oh, it's total bullshit. Absolutely, mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with it anymore. Um, and they look at it as an officer that's struggling, and I've heard this from agency heads, is when an officer is struggling mentally, we look at him as a liability. And really? So, so, I, so, I, so yeah, and I've, I've heard that from several department heads where I just wanted to bitch slap them. Yeah, yeah you know. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, Send them in the next but, week but, with that bullshit. Exactly, exactly. But, but think about this for a second. Um, you get in a vehicle pursuit, okay? Mm -hmm. and you're, you're chasing a bad guy and you crash. You go to the emergency room, you, you break your leg. While you're in the emergency room, um, you know, the, the doctor puts you in a cast. 
everybody and their brother on the, on the job is coming by wishing you good luck, and, which, which they should, absolutely. They're signing the cast, hey, you know, get well soon, bro. They're busting your balls. You know, they're doing the whole the whole nine yards. Busting you know, your balls is big humor. time. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> which, which, I, which I actually love doing. Yeah. You, you know, um, it preps you now, for the street, now, if anything. It, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So think about this now, and, and, and what's the chief and the sheriff or the captain saying? Hey, you come back to work when you're ready to come back. Yep. You know, no rush, we're going to take care of you. Now, the next day, an officer ch- checks themselves into an in-house mental health facility uh, for uh, a suicide attempt, for PTSD, for depression, anxiety, or whatever. Is anybody going to that facility and signing his or her forehead saying, get well soon? No. they Probably not. No, no it, it, plus the rumors are going around. Hey, so-and-so just went off off the deep edge. Or, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, they, have, they had a breakdown. They had a meltdown or whatever you want to call it. And when, and, and when they get better, um, they come back to work. Now they're carrying that stigma. Who wants to work with you? Who, hey, you, he was just in a facility for two weeks, and I'm going to go work with him now? Are you kidding me? That's how people think. Yeah. And it's just... It's sad. It just, just it, it literally. When I say literally, breaks my heart. It, it, it really does. And I, I experienced that firsthand. Yeah. Uh, the rumors, and it just, it sucks. It, it just truly sucks. Yeah, it does. It does. And you know, I've, I've, my, the first police, the police department I work for, and I had a, a friend of mine who was under those same circumstances, and the rumors that were even, that were going around. Uh, I left that PD to come work for another one in, in the midst of it, so I didn't hear the. Uh, the end rumors, as you would say, or something like that. But I, I was there when they first started, and it was just demoralizing. I mean, to me, because I was sure. a friend, uh, I still am a friend of his, and, you know, it's the, the person has something going on that they are working through, and they need help, and that's all it is. What's the difference between if you bust your ACL or break your wrist and you're working through those issues while on the job? It's the same sort of thing, you know? Sure, I, I, I agree. I, I agree. Whenever, and also you have to look at, too, is the officers that are on admin leave, on suspension. Yeah. These officers uh, are, are sitting at their house on their couch because they can't work because they're on suspension. Dwelling. Exactly. Do I have a job tomorrow? How am I going to pay my mortgage? Um, who will hire me if I get fired? Uh, some of it's self-inflicted. Some's not. Um, and that, you know, we have to think about that also. And that's one yeah. thing I always did was um, – you know, as much as they say internal investigations are confidential, that, that's crap because everybody knows what's going on. Exactly. Okay, and, 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 hey, so you know, so so's on suspension. I would always reach out to those audience. even if I didn't like them. To be honest with you, I would uh, I still would reach out. Hey, you need anything? You care about a human being. Well, exactly, exactly, yeah. So um, it's just um, it, it, you know we we got to do better taking care of our officers emotionally. Uh, it's just. Literally heartbreaking. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Now, what what started? What was the reason why, or what started your interest within mental health within law enforcement? If you want to get into that, okay. Uh, basically, basically, it was this: um, I was being bullied, and I and when I when I say the story, I'm not looking for pity by mm-hmm. by any means. But I worked for I worked for the uh, uh, lieutenant that brand new lieutenant. Um, that was a big, uh, a big company man. Uh, you know, he sold his soul. Uh, whatever the agency wants, he would do. Um, he was a half-ass cop, half-ass sergeant, um, and but he, but he was a micromanager. And, um, and what he would do is he would hide behind his lieutenant bar, and um, he he would like belittle his sergeants. And like I said earlier, you know, I was the guy in the meetings that wasn't going to put up with that shit. You're not you're not going to talk down to me. You're not going to disrespect me. I respect your rank. 
but you're not gonna you're not gonna talk to me like I'm a two year old. Yeah. Well, obviously that that caused issues, and um, so we started not getting along. And um, he he would say things like, you know, I'm gonna make you the uh, the sergeant that I was. Oh, dude, I don't want to be the sergeant you were. Trust me, <laughs> not, by, not, 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 not by any means. I don't, I don't wear knee pads to work. I don't, uh, you know, I, I haven't sold my soul or, or anything like that. This sounds a lot um, like locker room talk when the sergeants or the lieutenants aren't around. It's just the, your your buddy, the patrolman, and you. So. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So he uh, he started belittling me, um, started um, talking down to me. I became very rebellious. Uh, talking back, um, he wrote me up a couple of times for conduct issues because uh, what, what I, you know, things I said to him, which he deserved. But I, 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 I just took, I took it on the chin, um, and I liked the area I worked in. It was a very busy area, so I liked being in that area. But he hung out with the command staff, and he would say to me, "Well, go ahead and report me. Do you, do you golf with the sheriff? Because uh, I do." And, uh, and again, we go back to the old school mentality. You know, we don't rat out other cops. Mm-hmm. We, we just don't do that. You know, they did absolutely not. Well, uh, during the course of this, uh, prior to that, uh, him coming on, I, uh, after nine, after nine 11, when the towers were hit, I went up there for, uh, two weeks, about three or four days afterwards. And one of the things I remember distinctly was while I was at the towers or what was left of the towers, uh, three or four days later was, was the smell of death. It just had that burnt flesh, nasty smell. And just seeing all the first responders, cop, fire, EMS, uh, crime scene, everybody had that same um, look in their face. Everybody was distraught. There wasn't a typical cop ball busting uh, or anything like that. And there was very little, like very little, um, I don't want to say, I I don't want to use the word support, but there wasn't very, there wasn't like hugging or anything like that, if that makes any sense. No, it does. It Um, does. No, were you up there on your own time or did they pay you to go up there with a a few other guys? Fortunately, I was, I was paid to go up there. Uh, The sheriff sent up 10 of us. um, And I actually initiated it. um, And I would have gone up on my own time. I would have taken my two weeks, three weeks vacation or whatever. And I would have went up there on my own time. uh, No no doubt. Um, We helped out with the bucket brigade. We uh, actually saw uh, dismembered bodies. Um, we, we, we got, we we kind of cool thing. We got sworn in as NYPD officers. I still have my certificate that I'm in. Uh, so I don't know where my retirement's from them, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I still got a certificate from them. Um, so anyways, long story short, we, uh, it was phenomenal. It really was to get, to help out with one of the worst things that ever happened on American soil that we were able to assist. One of the things that was, 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 was really big. And I didn't realize it. So somebody said this to me was by us working, uh, at, at ground zero was able to give an, uh, NYPD officer a day off. We took their spot. So that was, that, I thought that was really good. Yeah, really, 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 uh, yeah, really was. So long story short, um, uh, while I was working for this Lieutenant, I am going to a, a vehicle crash on a major highway. And, uh, when I pulled up, the vehicle was fully engulfed and I could hear the guy screaming in the car. And me and another deputy, we grab our fire extinguishers. We couldn't get the fire out. We watched him burn to death pretty much. Uh, pretty much. So that right away kind of triggered my 9-11, um, the smell of death, the, the fire, the burn, burning cessation, things like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah I, and, and I started developing a little bit of nightmares from it. Not much, but a little bit of um, just, okay, this is kind of, why, why, am I, why, why, am I, why am I so tense now every time, every time I see fire? Or every time I go to a crash, why do I? Why am I? Um, why, why am I seeing this? Why am I feeling this way? But I just kind of blew it off, more or less. 
Well, um, during the course of uh, the, the lieutenant, when I say bullying, bullying is probably put it mildly, uh, just making my life absolutely miserable for me. So I started becoming, he started calling me things like, you know, you're worthless. And one of the things he called me was, which was a trigger alert, and at the time I didn't realize this, was he would call me precious. Oh, you're so precious. And now I'm going to give you an example of why, why this triggered me. When I was a kid, and I'm very open about this, I, I was molested by a police officer for years. I grew up, I grew up without a father. He was my, he was my male figure in, in my life. And he used to call me his precious boy. So now I'm being bullied by my boss. And what's the first thing I think of? I, I think of the Richie, who was the, the, the guy that, that was, was molesting me or, or did molest me. I should say, and I never reported it. Um, I, I, I pretty much ne- never said a word to anybody about it, uh, from the shame and embarrassment and things like that. So when he would call me precious, my blood pressure would go like 300 over 300 and I would act out. And that's a sign of PTSD is acting out. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, so, I, I, I don't, don't fault yourself for not reporting that. I mean, you were young when that happened and the, the, the fact that it probably took you many years to even tell anybody that it had happened itself. Well, thank, thank you for saying that. And, and you're right. It, 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 yeah, and I truly mean that when I say thank you say that was because it just was something I just had to uh, eventually when it was able to come out, it would come out. Yeah. Um, One of those things know, that open the floodgates and it just it's right there and you're talking about it and people are just probably sure. sitting. The people that were with you, your, your, your mom at least, was probably, I don't know how old you were when you talked to her about it, but, you know, probably just. Oh, like deer caught in the headlights sort of look and yeah i did i tell my uh so i was in my 40s so yeah. uh it, that yeah i'm 56 now so um th- that that was bringing a burden and then it was getting to the point where i i didn't want to go to work because uh, i wanted to avoid that lieutenant and it was something as simple as this every sergeant at the end of the shift had to do a daily report you know this happened that happened so and so got arrested for this whatever um i used to work 530 p to 530a about nine o'clock, my department's cell phone would ring. It would be him, because he worked days. Uh, and he'd say, "Hey, I'm reading the daily report, and there's not a comma after this. Change it." Are you? I'm like, kidding Are you? I couldn't make this shit up. I, I'm kidding serious. me? Oh my god! So I would have to go put my, you know, go 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 get my laptop, turn it on, put the comma in there. Then I would I grab my timesheet. I put two hours overtime because that's the kind of cops we are. So. And, uh, but it was just things like that. Uh, and then, um, I started getting really on edge where I didn't want to go to work. And my wife would say to me, she's like, listen, you're starting to stress out about work. You know, maybe you need to talk to somebody. My answer back to my wife was, you're not a cop. You don't get this. Um, my, my wife's an RN. She's been a registered nurse for years. She worked in the emergency room for years. She knows about stress. Yeah. There's no, no, no question about it whatsoever. She sees people die every single day. Well, I'm thinking and, she's know, probably um, thinking, ding, ding, ding. There's uh, there's clue number one that he needs to go and talk to somebody if you're, if you're saying exactly. that. Exactly. Especially probably right. in the tone that you said it. I can only imagine not, I don't know you, but I mean, just, I can, I can, I can, I can picture the tone in which it was probably said. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to hear that from her, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, cause first one, one is my male ego. Um, yep. you, you know, I don't want I don't want to look weak in front of, you know, in front of my wife or anything like that. Well, when I stress, um, is I would eat and in four months without exaggeration, I, I gained 47 pounds in four months. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. They, you know, eating five Big Macs a night, you know, going to Dairy Queen, uh, you know, washing it down with a Diet Coke thinking that's okay. Yeah. You know, uh, there's no calories uh, in it. So just, you're all set. 
Well, yeah, it's, now it's Coke Zero, but yeah. Plus, plus, drink inside to get involved in that also. Yeah. And I'm not, believe me, I'm not a prohibitionist. I, I love my beer. As, as you know, we talk, we, we talk about. Um, so now, now with the weight gain, I'm not. Now I'm not. Look, I'm not liking my appearance to go with it. Yeah. And I was the guy that you know, I'm not getting. I'm not getting bigger pants. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, or, or anything like that. So. Um, I, 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 when I look in the mirror and I put my uniform on, it just, I, I didn't look the same. Uh, and, and, that, that, and then a couple of, couple of people on my squad would say, hey, Sarge, you know, uh, you're not joking around like you used to. And you, you, everything okay? You know, leave me alone. I'm going through something right now. It's a personal matter. Go back to work. And I was kind of cold to them. And I was, that's the exact opposite of me. Is the, the, the total opposite of me. Um, so then during the course of this, uh, I got my evaluation. And, um, and I, uh, one of the, one of the courses I teach at the police academy is I teach line supervision. And uh, what I tell the new supervisors or the new sergeants is this, that when you give somebody their evaluation, they should never be surprised in that evaluation. You got to have that difficult conversation through the rating period yeah. if they're doing something wrong or whatever. Yeah. Well, my evaluation was, was in an envelope and, uh, in my mailbox. And when I, when I pulled it out, uh, there was a post-it note that said, if you have a problem with the evaluation, make an appointment with my secretary to talk to me about it. Well, that's a coward. Yeah. We know that's just, you know, total coward. Well, what's everybody do with the evaluation? You flip to the back page, see what the score is, yeah. you know, and what the comments are. Well, the com that it was below standards, which I've never been a below standards cop mm -hmm. and a recommended termination. Um, and that really, that really hit home to me because I've been a cop since I was 21 years old. It's the only thing I want to do in my life. It went was, from was zero to 100 just like that with no, like that. nothing in the in the in the meantime. I mean, for everybody listening, you have to have like he was talking about. Just you know, you have to have those that that, that talk with the person. Like it can't, right? Like it can't become. Right. It, it can't be a surprise. It ha you have to have that hard conversation, and you have to, you know, try to teach people. And you're trying to lift people up, and you know, if you, especially that. That's a, even if you had to have have to have that hard conversation, it may enlighten you to something that's going on within their life. Obviously, like it would have for you had they had that conversation, or had you had a lieutenant that cared. Um, you sure, know, it sure. would have. You know, yeah, you absolutely. You would have learned so much more yeah. about that person or about you, and you, you know, you would have. Talk to somebody about it. I assume if they even had that conversation with you. But from go to zero hundred or recommended termination, and you must have been livid. I, I was floored. I called my wife. I, I went out. I went out to my cruiser. I called my wife. Started crying, saying I, my my career's done. Uh, I'm going to be fired. And she's like, "Well, there's going to be appeal process." I'm like, "Well, yeah, there is. Absolutely, there is. Yeah, there's there is, but." You, all you think is the worst, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, of, of you, you don't think about what, you don't think about the future. You think about what's going on right now. So uh, that that was absolutely devastating. And then again, my appearance, uh, my work productivity was absolutely horrible. You know, I went from making ten traffic stops a night to zero, not making any arrests, uh, just just parking somewhere and just you know just doing nothing. So uh, one night I was um, during the during my my, my, my appeal process uh, I was still active obviously um, is um, I, I was sitting at a fire station and uh, the fire department went out on a call it's about one two o'clock in the morning this car pulls in this woman gets out and she hands me her three month old baby and says my baby's not breathing 
and I'm like, oh, holy shit, you, you, yeah. oh my God, you, you know, uh, I check his pulse, there's no pulse. So I started, you know, I started doing CPR. I get on the radio, I call for the fire department. It seemed like it took forever to get there when in all reality it didn't. But mm-hmm. you know, as you know, when you're doing CPR, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just mind boggling how long it, it takes for, you know, for the EMS to get there. So EMS gets there, I get in the back of the ambulance with the, with the medics and uh, I go to the hospital and while I'm at the hospital, the doc, the ER doctor pronounces the baby dead. Um, Jesus. Now, now, now the family comes in, um, and the father looked at me, and he called me useless, kind of like with a lieutenant, useless and worthless. I get that. I truly get that. He's under a lot of stress. He just lost his three-month-old kid. I truly understand his, 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 his frustration and anger. And, and I said, sir, I did the best I could do. Did you really? And he, and he goes, get out of here. Oh. And I just said, yeah, I said, I'm so sorry. Um, so I went home that morning, um, drank myself to sleep that, that morning, um, ate myself to sleep also too. Yeah. I just, um, so then I started developing nightmares of the, of the baby and I didn't tell anybody about it. Um, I, the, 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 the nightmares were so explicit was I'd be driving down the street and I'd look over my passenger seat. There's the baby sitting there just staring at me. Jesus um, Christ. Did you uh, have any kids at the time? I, no, we, we don't have any kids by choice. Okay. Um, so, no, um, I would go to my mailbox, and I would open up the mailbox, and there's the baby. Or I could hear, I could hear like, the gurgling noise when you make CPR. Yeah. I could, when you do CPR, I could hear that when I was closing my eyes. Yeah, yeah. So I went to work, and I said to my, and I said, well, I don't know if it's a mistake or not, but I said to my lieutenant, I said, man, I, I had a really bad call a couple of weeks ago. I, I'm having these nightmares. I, I'm getting sick. You're toughing up, buttercup. You know, you'll be okay, precious. You know that 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 type of thing. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So I go to work that I go to work the next night. Uh, as I'm driving to work, he calls me, and he's totally obnoxious to me on the phone. Well, I, I never having a panic attack. Never had a panic attack in my life. I didn't even know what it was, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So I pull my I pull my cruiser over. I'm puking my guts out. I I, I felt like somebody just took a baseball bat to my chest. While I'm puking. A car pulls in behind me. This woman gets out. She's in scrubs. She's like, I'm a nurse. Can I help you? I'm like, get away from me. You know, get away. Don't, don't, no, 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 no. Get away from me. So she ends up calling 911. The FD gets there. They take my blood pressure. It's sky high. Hey, we got to take you to the hospital. No, absolutely not. I'm not going to the hospital. Nope. So I, so I signed AMA against medical advice. Well, that night I'm at work. I'm absolutely miserable, literally miserable. Thinking, and I started at the point where I started, um, Separate, separate myself from my wife also sleeping on the couch um, not doing things with her that we enjoy doing um, we love going to the beach we like going to see the Red Sox when they play in Tampa things like that we did we I just refused to do any of that mm-hmm. I would just zone out and stare at the TV uh, and, uh, and, and and just eat that's it you know was she recognizing um, so what was that, going that, on with you at the time oh she did she did but I just completely blew her blew her off you know again you don't get this um, I'm weak. He's right. I am weak, and she, and she, she's very upset about this. She's totally upset about now, what, this. What year about, she, about, about is this? Like what? Uh, 2000, 2008, actually. Two thousand eight. Okay. Um, so the the night uh, the night I have the panic attack, I'm, I I pull. Uh, it's where I'm maybe three four hours into my shift, and um, I parked in an industrial park, and I started hearing voices, which I again never never that's never never experienced that either. And the voices I was hearing was you're worthless. Uh, he's right, you know. Yeah, you, 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 uh, your marriage is going to end. Um, you're going to go to hell. They all, all this stuff. So I started getting suicide thoughts. 
And I said to myself, oh, my God, why am I getting suicide thoughts? But I thought suicide was the answer. And I said, you know something? He is right. I am worthless. And uh, I, I, I'll show him and, and I'll show the agency. So I wrote a suicide note. And on my first page of the suicide note, I wrote it to that lieutenant. And I wrote it to the um, agency how much I hate, how much hate I have towards them. A very angry, angry letter. Uh, you don't get this. Uh, I'm being bullied. You don't care, et cetera, et cetera. I flipped the page over on the on the on the flip side of that was a note to my mom, uh, who was still alive then, and, and my wife. Please, I'm sorry. Please understand. Uh, I, I I this is the only answer I have is doing this. You know, my, you, you, your lives will go on. Don't think don't think don't think of me as weak. Think of me as just I just couldn't take it anymore. Well, I took the note, and this is really strange when I say this. I put the note in one of those paper, uh, those paper protector holes, those plastic, that you sli- slide the piece of paper into. Yeah, yeah. Took a, yeah, I took a, took a piece of evidence tape, and I hung it off my rearview mirror. And I just stared at it for about a good five minutes. Well, then I took my gun out, and I'm like, this is it. It's over. So I put my head back, um, put my gun in my mouth. And to this day, and I'm not being triggered when I say this, but to, to this day, I can still taste the oil. Uh, from the gun in my mouth, mm-hmm. the, the metal taste. Yeah. Uh, I could feel the I could feel the baby on my left arm, uh, and uh, I was getting ready. And I was getting I was actually squeezing the, getting ready to squeeze the trigger when I, I saw a car pull in. And I kind of went into cop mode for a second. Well, it'd be another cruiser, and it'd be a deputy. And he said to me, well, what, "What's what's going on?" And I said, "What do you mean, what's going on?" He goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm gonna my exact words were, I'm gonna fucking kill myself. That's what I'm gonna do. You need to get the hell out of here now." And he's like, no, that ain't going to happen. I'm not going to let you do that. You need to get help. So he talked me down. Uh, he talked me down That's awesome. for about who, two hours. Who was this yeah. guy to you? Was he a personal friend of yours? Uh, his, just... name is Craig, his, name is, his name is Craig McGee. He has since passed away also. Okay. Um, the only way to describe yeah, yeah, Craig yeah. was um, he was a cop's cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, uh, just really truly believed in the brotherhood. And he weighed about 350 pounds. We used to call him the Whopper. <laughs> That's <laughs> <You> awesome. Know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he, he he definitely saved my life. There's no question about that. What is? Was um, he a personal friend of yours, though? Or just some guy that was? Yeah, yeah, he was. Which 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 is which I take a lot of credit for. When I made, I, I worked with him as a deputy. Okay. And when I made sergeant, whatever whatever squad I went to, he would transfer to that squad. And it's not because he was sucking up to me. We just had such a good relationship. Yeah. Uh, and I very guy. much enjoyed working with him. I truly did. Thank God. So, uh, so I called the watch commander and said, "Hey, listen, you know, I'm not feeling good. I need to go home." He's like, "Yeah, no problem. Go home." I never told never told him. Well, when I got home, I changed out and I went and sat by my pool and started getting suicide thoughts again. Same uh, day, obviously. Same, yeah, same, yeah, same same night. Had the gun on the table the whole night. Yeah, I put the gun back in my mouth. Then I started thinking about my wife. That. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when, when she when she comes down, we have a two story home. When she comes downstairs and she sees me laying at the pool deck, yeah. what 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 trauma am I giving her? Huge trauma, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I call a buddy of mine um, from back home. He suggested uh, the Boston Police Stress Unit, and I went to them uh, two uh, two days later. So wait a minute, you, went, went to, did they come down to you, or you how'd that work out? I I flew up to them, and the oh, reason wow, why okay. I, they. they yeah, they offered me assistance here in Florida, but I want—I didn't want to—I didn't want anybody to know. So I figured my safety zone would be go to Boston. Okay. Yeah, you, 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 nobody knows on the job. I made some bullshit story up that uh, I had to take care of some family issues and I'm going back home. Yeah. Um, so they helped me a lot. I uh, was able to receive therapy. I stayed up there for about um, probably about a week. Um, 
they were they were they were phenomenal. They were they 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 were, they really were. How did that work out with no... you? Sorry, to interrupt you. I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, well, a couple of different things. I mean, how did that work out with you being like, a, another agency? It wasn't an issue at all. They didn't give, no, it, they didn't not, give not a shit at, at all. No, the, 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 the exact words out of the officer was uh, that I spoke to, and I can't remember the name of the top of his head. Was you're a brother? Awesome. So, love to hear, and, 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 as it should be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, that gives, yeah. She gives me chills to th- when I when I think about it. You yeah. know. Now, how did that so work out with your I, wife? Um, was she was she there when you were doing that at the pool? Was was she around? Was she aware of what was going on? I mean, she was she, she was sleeping. She was, okay. she was upstairs sleeping. Yeah. She worked. She worked. She worked. She still works days. She worked day shifts. Were you and, up, uh, up front? It was, about, it, it was about midnight when I when I when I was at home. Okay. So were you upfront and honest with her? I mean, you know, I'm sorry if this gets a no. little personal, but I mean, no, 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 no. I I, I lied about I lied about everything. I, I lied about going back home. I lied about uh, I lied to my. Uh, to the patrol, one of the patrol captains, why I was going back home. Mm-hmm. I lied to the therapists in Boston um, that, yeah, I'm okay. It's just, you know, I, I, I see what I, I do need to get help. And when I go back to Florida, I'll get help. Okay. You know, I, I, it was, I was surrounded by lies and that carried a lot of guilt, obviously, with the lies. Yeah, I understand. Uh, but I did, I did, again, I didn't want to look weak. I didn't want to look like, um, uh, I wasn't happy with, I wasn't happy with my, my appearance, my, my mental state, I obviously wasn't happy about. So when I came back to Florida, I bounced from like one therapist to another, um, and it did really didn't it really didn't work out uh, really that well because it, and the reason why I say that is number one, cops are good liars. I went back <laughs> I went back to work. The first thing when I went back to work, I, I didn't get terminated. I uh, my my evaluation was changed and I was transferred to a different area, and that was obviously a blessing. And I got away from that lieutenant. The lieutenant I went to work for was actually phenomenal. How long had it been uh, that you were working for that specific guy? Uh, I worked for him for about a year. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it, but the trauma was about four or five months okay. uh, of, uh, of of that. Now, his kind of, his kind of a funny, if, uh, kind of weird situation is um, we talked about. Yeah, you know, it happened in two thousand and eight. The day I decided I wanted to die by suicide was was October twenty fourth, ten twenty four. The officer down call in my agency was ten twenty four. Oh no, shit. So I don't know if that's a little strange or or just uh, a, little, a, a little creepy to be honest with you. Yeah, um, yeah. So so I um, so I'm now now the speed up is uh, I'm in a different area, uh, still miserable. Not, not as bad as I was, uh, but but still miserable. Uh, miserable, still hated the job. like with, with everything that you were like person, like your, your, the personal stuff you were talking about. Not miserable yeah, like with the yeah, agency yeah, or anything yeah, like yeah. that anymore. Yeah, miserable about, about the stress. Miserable with my agency. But uh, um, so what happened was um, I was at a training class for uh, for sergeants, and uh, they did a, they did a block on uh, mental health uh, uh, wellness, and the guy that uh, was speaking. Was a was a was a political hack. He never spent a day on the road. They, he went to the academy. They they gave him a cushy job. He moved up, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And he's reading out of a book. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about, oh yeah, your nightmares and this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, dude, you have no clue, man. You have no clue whatsoever. So what I did was I asked him if I could speak, and he said, yeah. But when I spoke, I spoke very angry. You know, f this, f that. Uh, you know, the agency sucks. The, you know, you suck. You know, bubble by on and on and on. Well, that that led to a conduct issue where I, where I was actually written up for uh, conduct issues. Okay. And they said next, your next conduct issue, we're going to look at uh, more discipline besides besides a write up. So obviously that put me in panic mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I um, I started I googled uh, police officer mental health and I, I I started like researching it. 
And uh, I have a friend of mine that's a reporter. And I just on a fluke, uh, I mean, total fluke, I ran into him in a supermarket. And I started telling him about what, you know, what was going on. He goes, hey, I'd like to do a story on that. On like, police officer sure. mental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Said, well, are you willing to tell your story? I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I go on TV. I tell my story. And it, it, it was perceived, perceived as negative. Uh, that was negative to the agency and negative towards. Uh, that was going to be my uh, question. I, I, yeah, it, 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 I was. I need some responsibility or, or something. You know, something like that. Did you inform so them prior I, uh, that you were going on this or no? I did. I did because per our policy was that if we speak to the media, we have to. Um, and then they, they originally told me no, and I said, "Well, I'm speaking as I'm speaking as myself. Not, I'm not speaking yeah. as a uh, as a member of the agency." But of course, you know, in the interview, I said, yeah, I said what I did and who I work for. Well, they yeah. came out with the analogy that you can't uh, represent the agency, um, this, that, the other thing. So, so that obviously upset me. Then I and, and finding uh, my, my actually my present therapist. I'm still in therapy twelve years later. Yeah. Now I'm on a maintenance plan. But the, my, my present therapist is a um, retired cop, so she gets the the stress of the job, the. Uh, uh, and, and the anguish that we go through itself. Kind of make a long story short, uh, it got a lot better. Um, they, 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 they kind of left me alone a little bit, but they never, they never supported my endeavors. Of my, of, like I put it for the peer support unit twice, I didn't get it. I thought I'd be a shoo-in on it, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, yeah uh, but the guy I told off ran the peer support unit, no. so okay. you know, be careful no. what you wish for. That's it, that, that type of thing. <laughs> Yeah, 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 so you said you've been so, with that specific counselor for 12 years now? Uh, it's been about um, uh, about five years with her. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I think that's, yeah, it, you know, that's important to talk about because, you know, guys will, guys, when I, when I see guys, I mean, both men and women and, and whatnot, I mean, so people will, you know, they'll go to one person and be like, nope, oh, didn't work for me. I checked the box. I'm all done. Even though they may need right. help and still may need help and whatnot, but like it took me three times to find the, the the person that was good for me. Right, and, I, and how I would follow that up with was keep on plugging. Yeah. Uh, you, you eventually going to find somebody uh, that you feel comfortable talking with. Yeah. Um, and, and my my advice, and I'm not a mental health professional, but my advice would be find a mental health professional that deals with first responders. Okay. Uh, there... Not not somebody not somebody that just got their college degree and they're going to save the world um, you know for mental health illness somebody that's directly involved with either directly either was a cop specialized in first responder um or something to that effect okay. you know that, that's 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 the advice that's the advice i will give and there's plenty out there there is actually and uh, to kind of plug blue health for a second on our on our, our website we have a we have a resource page it's yep. called first help and if you uh, type in basic information, that will turn you on to a mental health professional in your area, all over the country. Yeah, no, I was, I was going to talk about yeah. the website at the end of the uh, end of the podcast, but okay. um, yeah, okay. I mean, people who are just probably interested in now, it's bluehelp.org, uh, B-L-U-E-H-E-L-P.org, and it has a bunch of different information on there. It's actually a pretty well-run with uh, website with not only you know law enforcement. Uh, crisis line. It has the suicide uh, prevention crisis line. Veterans and cop to cop on there as well, and that's just right on the main page. And you go there, and it and, it, and like it talks about the honor wall. It talks about all the resources that are out there, family support and whatnot, and how it's run. And we can get into that after at the uh, at the end. But uh, yeah, definitely a good web page to check out. You know, you, you, I, right. for me it was you know it just came down to a, a Google search for you know. You know, police officer mental health uh, wellness essentially mental health 
counselor. That's 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 how I found the people and and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it, it's definitely good to have all those resources in, in one area uh, to go to. So right. Right. Yeah. And one of the things we say in Blue Help is watch your 12. We hear, you know, watch your back, watch your six. We're all about that. Absolutely. Watch your 12 basically is when you're looking at somebody face to face. And uh, if me and you were parked car to car and you're, you're, you're talking to me and I can, and I, and I can just see in your, your facial expression that uh, there's something bothering you. Yep. Again, we'll go back to the difficult conversation. It's time to have that difficult conversation. Yeah. We've got to watch our 12s. You know, people present like like the weight, like my example, the weight gain. Um, you know, why do you gain so much weight so fast? You know, you know uh, that's a difficult conversation to have. You know, typical cops, we're going to bust each other's balls about the weight gain. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, there's probably a reason why there's a weight gain, whether it's physically or mentally or both. So, um, so kind of finish with my, my story is uh, I've... Um, I, I, I feel 100% better um, than, I, than I ever have since, since I retired. And I think leaving the job, um, I, I'm not disrespecting, I'm not bad mouthing the job. It's the greatest job in the world. Uh, it, it truly, truly is. But they, I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and the area I was in prior to my retirement was a busy area. We dealt with a lot of overdoses, a lot of violent crimes. And it was starting to really get on my nerves a little bit also. Um, you know, going to the same hotel every night for three or four overdoses, um, I, another shooting, you know, uh, and I'm just like, you know, when is enough enough? And I just realized, you know, I, I, I've, I've, got, I've got to move on. If I'm going around in my presentation speaking about, you know, you got to do what makes you happy, you got to do what's best for you, then I need to start taking a taste of my own medicine mm-hmm. and, uh, and do, and, uh, and, I, and I, I feel great. I, I truly, truly feel great. Yeah, I'm diagnosed with PTSD, depression, and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's controlled through therapy and medication and wellness. Um, marriage is back on track. Um, you know, I, I am, I, I, I'm not saying this for my wife's in the other room, but I'm the luckiest guy in the world. <laughs> I truly am. Uh, you know, hopefully I'll have sex with for two years that. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, that that's she's a big part of my life. Um, you know, I enjoy working out. I uh, one of the big things in my life also is music. I'm very big into music therapy. Yes, uh, I've learned how to play the guitar, and, I, and certain songs put me in a good place. Yep. we have a couple of dogs playing with the dogs. So do things in your life that make you happy. Um, such someone simple as even going for a walk, uh, or, 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 or just things that things that make you happy. Well, I think but people don't be afraid. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean yeah, to cut you off. No, you didn't cut me off. I was cutting you off. But all, all I was going to say is, you know, the, the obviously, you know, the the weight gain and everything that that, uh, that was one of the, the the tells. But you know, if you were something as you were just talking about going for a walk or doing something physical, it increases obviously the the blood flow to your brain, and you're going to feel better after doing that. If as the more uh, excuse me, the more blood flow and oxygen flow that gets to your brain, you're going to feel better, and you're going to feel like a new place. I mean, for me. I remember listening to one of the uh, the first time I ever listened to Tim Ferriss was on the Jocko Willing podcast, and and Tim was talking about how he had been suicidal when he was in uh, college and going right. for his uh, uh, doctorate or whatever it was at the time. I can't remember exactly, but now he talks about how he deals with or had dealt with um, being suicidal, and for him it was getting out of your head and getting into your body and being. And being physical, going out there, it could be simple. Something as simple as going for a walk, or going for a hike, or going and doing some of the uh, going to work out, or some some of the extreme workouts, and and uh, doing some that sort of stuff. And 
you know, that's what right. I kind of kind of when I try to talk to people about it, it's like, you know, if someone's feeling like crap that day mentally, I tell them, get out of your head, stop. And, and I'll, I'll say it in better words, but essentially it's get out of your head, stop, stop dwelling on what you're or what you're thinking about and literally go do something physical. I don't care what it is. Go for a walk, go for a hike, go out for a quick run and get that that oxygen going, get the blood pumping, get that straight to your brain and you'll feel 10 times better. I mean, for me, that's what it is. So that's why I try to tell people. So it's finding your outlet, I, 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 no matter I, I, what I, it I is. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Like, like, you know, sometimes I go for a run, sometimes I just walk. Uh, you know, I enjoy going to the gym. Um, but even, even some, like I said, just some of us going to go for a walk, you know, take a walk around your neighborhood a couple of times, you know, put your, yeah. put your, put your uh, headphones on, listen to some music while you walk in, yeah. you know, you know, but don't be afraid to have that difficult conversation with yourself also if something's yeah. bothering you. Yeah. yeah, you know, but yeah, and I truly get the workout thing. I truly get that because, like, when I when I drive home from the gym, I'm a little sore. You know, 56 years old, I can't do what I did 20 years <laughs> ago. But I, uh, but I, but I, I, I feel good. Yeah, and feeling good physically means you, you're going to feel good mentally. Exactly. And I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you an example. Is when I retired, my my blood pressure has gone down, my cholesterol has gone down. Uh, it's just amazing when you start taking care of yourself a little bit better. Um. What it, what, it, what it does for you physically and, and, and mentally, I, I just find it absolutely amazing that uh, how, how that does, and spiritually also. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know I, 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 God has really taken me down a path mm-hmm. these last couple of years of of, of being spiritual. I, I totally, I was always spiritual, but now I, I go to God for a lot more guidance. Mm-hmm. And during my tough times, when I went to God and said, "Why am I feeling this way?" I felt He didn't answer me, okay, or He didn't care. Uh, so that pissed me off, obviously. So I became, I don't want to say anti-God, mm-hmm. but I just stopped saying my prayers and stopped doing that. Now we wear a crucifix all the time. I pray two, three times a day. Uh, you, you know, I just, uh, it's good. It, it really is. Look, looking back, though, he sent that other uh, deputy right over to see you. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I get, I'm sorry. I need, I need, I'm here. I'm sorry. So looking back, you know, he sent that other deputy right over to see you. And uh, you're still oh, here. Oh, no doubt. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I, I, there's, there's a reason why people come in your life. And yeah, oh, yeah, there's there's no... And one of the things that actually one of the guilt and shame issues I had, if you want if you want to talk a little bit about spirituality, it was being raised as a Catholic. I don't consider myself... I, I, now I look at myself as a Christian. But being raised as a Catholic, suicide is a big no-no. It's damaging the soul. And you're going to go to hell. You're not going to go to heaven. Yep. And that was an issue I, I was struggling with also was that that uh you know listen i'm a cop i do good why why can't i go to heaven you know uh so but yeah god god definitely sent them over there there's no question about that it is no question why my wife's saying you got to get help you know uh as much as i didn't want to hear it, she was 100 percent right you know? yeah it's all things in there but it's a vicious cycle that you're in your own head and it's hard to right. get out of and it's hard to see from the inside and it's until you finally do get you know, on the outside and get on the right path that you can start looking back and noticing all the signs and, and the help that you actually did have that you just, you know, you're in your own way. You weren't ready to get it yet. You weren't ready to, right. to help yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and one of the things that, that actually Jamie, my therapist told me, and she's a hundred percent right. She goes, you love going around. Uh, this is when I first started uh, seeing her. She was, you talking about how you like going around helping other cops and doing these presentations. She said, it's all well and good, but you can't help somebody if you're not healthy. And uh, exactly. I said, oh, I'm fine. She's like, no, you're not. She's just showing anger in here right now. So let's get you, let's get you better. 
and you will be better at your presentations and you will be better at, um, at, at talking about it. And she was, well, she was, she was, she was hundred percent right. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. And it, it's even better that you found somebody that was you know, a police officer to talk to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause again, she gets the, she, it, uh, she, she actually lost her job uh, due to opiates. Really? Um, okay. She got involved in a crash and she got hooked on pain pills and she lost her job. She ended up getting arrested the whole oh, nine yards. Sucks. And she was, she was on the job for about 16 years. So she gets the, the, also the part about the agency not doing her a solid or anything, anything like that. Like I'll, I'll give, I'll give you the example of this was when she, uh, her workers comp ran out and she has no problem with me because she, she talks about this. When her workers comp ran out, she was buying pills on the streets. As a police so, officer. As a police officer in her cruiser in uniform. Oh. So, yeah. So, talk about uh, an all-time low in your life. And then when she got... Um, and she was hurt on duty, you obviously. You said workers' comp. Yeah. So, yep. oh, my God. That sucks. And it was there was so, probably... I mean, I don't know what year that was, but there was probably no program to at least wean her off of the taking the opiates at that time. No, no. And then to go a step further with it, when she went, uh, when, uh, when she went to get help... They actually set her up with an undercover cop, and she bought dope from an undercover cop. I mean, come and what on. do you mean? So, I, 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 <laughs> no, I'm saying, what, what do you mean? When, like when she went to get help, or was well, she? Was she? Was she came out with and said, "Listen, I'm you know, I, 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 I'm struggling. Yeah. I need to get some help." And then um, I, I, I'm not 100 sure how it happened, right. but when she went to. Uh, when she went to when she went to buy her pills off her regular dealer oh. or whatever, it was an undercover cop. That's bullshit. And she got arrested. She got her, she, it's total bullshit. She got arrested right there in the spot, and that's just that's a kick in the crotch. I yep. don't care how you look at it. Like I said earlier, you know, there's decent people that get hooked on opiates or something like that, and it's just why why they set her up for failure. That's what yeah. they did. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. That's bullshit. That that pisses me off. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it's just, it, it's just like you know, um, it, you know, you, 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 like with alcohol, you have a cop that goes to work and he's drinking, he or she's drinking while she's working. We, you know, we know it, we overlook it, we don't see it, and then all of a sudden they get in a crash and they kill somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, could we have prevented that crash? Possibly, right? Yep. You know, you have that difficulty, but again, nobody wants to be a rat, and I truly, I uh, truly. I get that 100%. We, we don't rat out other cops. But if we can't have that difficult conversation, shit, we're going we're gonna to go into a gunfight with our brothers and sisters, but we're not going to help them because they're struggling with an alcohol problem or a mental health issue or something like that. I, don't get, I, just, I just don't understand that. I completely, so. yeah, I completely agree with you. It's, you know, yeah. and especially with this day and age there, I know that they're passing laws in New Hampshire to rat out officers if they, if on different occasions. And it's absolutely absurd. Yeah, yeah, and again, when you go back to your old school mentality, you, you just don't you just don't rat out other cops. No, that's, not at that's all. That's the bottom. That's that's the bottom. Because number one, if you do, you might as well kiss your career goodbye because you're going to be labeled as a rat the rest of your career. Nobody, nobody's going to forget that. Yeah. I, I I know that for a fact. I mean, if nobody's there's something egregious, that. obviously, where you know you sure, have sure. you have to speak up about it and go to the proper authorities and whatnot. But you know, it, like for the for the I don't want to say trivial because it. I, I, but for the, the small things, like you're going to talk to them one-on-one, -on -one, like a good supervisor does with somebody else, a good leader does with somebody else. So you have to talk to that right. person, smack them across the head and say, stop doing what you're doing. Let's just be, let this be the last conversation and let's move forward. But yeah. Yeah. And then one thing I've always learned also was, um, and I, I used to say to the guys and girls all the time was this, 
don't be part of the problem, be part of the solution. Right. And uh, they're like, well, what do you mean by that? I, I said, yeah, we, what, what do we do when we, when we park car to car? I call it Cop 69. Are we talking about, hey, listen, what a great day it is at work. What are we doing? We're bitching and complaining, right? Yep. That, that's all we're doing. Yeah, that's just that's just cops. That's just the way. That's just the way we are. We never. We never. We could get a ten thousand dollar raise, and we're, we're, I, I think we need eleven to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. So, um, so we're, we're not we're not doing our brothers and sisters any benefit whatsoever by causing more problems than uh, coming up with a solution. That's. I, 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 I'll give you an example. One of the examples I give all the time was. We were complaining one time at work about um, they don't buy our boots for us, our agency. They don't pay for our boots. Okay? Yeah. So I said to them, I said, well, look at it this way. First of all, 100 bucks is not going to make me go broke. Number two, it's a tax write-off. Number three, if they buy our boots, guess what boots we'll wear? What they want us to wear. Oh, yeah. So one of the guys goes, well, how do we change it? I go, very simple. Write a proposal. Get a get a get bids from two different three companies or whatever, and propose it to the uh, to whoever. And they did that, and now we have choice of four different boots we can we, we can wear. So it's a very simple fix. So instead of complaining about it, let's just do something about it. And it's kind of when, come, when it comes to suicide and mental health, we we know the elephants in the room. Let's not ignore it. Let's do let's do something about it. You know, instead of let's build a better officer instead of damaging our officers. And, the, and these administrators that that uh, belittle their 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 officers that are struggling, such as Jamie or myself or whoever, you know, what good are we doing those officers? We're not doing any good at all. No, exactly. You've invested the money to train that person and put them on the street and whatnot. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you send them to help to keep them running? You know. Good and get, well, you don't have to pay if for the simple fact that you wouldn't have to pay somebody else to go do it again and, and pay for a new, a new person to come do it. Exactly, exactly. And would you and would you rather you look at it this way? You put the news on, and all of a sudden they say uh, some department uh, had a suicide last night. Officer died by suicide. Oh my God, that that's that's absolutely horrible. You're going to feel for them on and on and on. You put the news on the next day. Uh, an agency had decided this wellness, mental health wellness program for officers because in 2019 we lost 228 officers to suicide. All right, rock, rock on. All right, they do, they're doing something. That's that's good. Yep. That's 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 what we want to see. There's got to be when something bad happens. There's got to be something good that comes from it. Yeah, exactly. Makes, I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, yeah, it, you know, it, uh, it it does. Yeah. It completely does. No matter what, you such know, as, no, no, such, as, such as this podcast right now, <laughs> something good's going to come out of this. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, something good's going to come out of this. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, like you said, it's like something bad happening, then something good is hopefully this podcast to bring, you know, at least it's bringing light to at least one issue that I've kind of, or we've kind of just started talking about here with, with mental health and whatnot. And, and kind of bringing that to people, the forefront of people's mind when they talk about police officers. It ain't just the military that, deal, that deals with PTS, you know, it's any, right. it's any, first responder organization, police, fire, EMS, dispatchers as well. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to bring that to people's, the forefront of people's mind when talking about police as well. And Because you never know. I mean, who knows what Derek Chauvin, what call he went to before he was dealing with Mr. Floyd. So sure. you never know what kind of things he had going on in his life. And if he, the, the, the track record with what he had done, I mean, he'd been, I'm not going to, I don't want to get into politics and whatnot and, and what had happened. Right. And, but you look at, 
what you see on the news about his track record as a police officer with all these different um, you know, use of force complaints and whatnot. Did he have some sort of PTS that he was dealing with? And the and I'm not saying Minneapolis PD wasn't dealing with you know the officers and their mental health and mental well being, but was he dealing with something that he did not want to come forefront because of the old stigma with regards to you know mental health and especially within law enforcement? Because sure, and that's a, and that's a huge possibility, absolutely. Because if you think about that, think about the video for a second. That two minutes in, I think it was 48 seconds, where he is just staring straight ahead. Yeah. yeah, he has no emo- he has no emotion on his face whatsoever. He's just staring straight ahead. In my opinion, it's only the mock of honor opinion, but in my opinion, he looked like he was possessed. Yeah, um, I understand. You know, and uh, but you 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 actually hit the nail right in the head. We don't know what's going on, and we're not making excuses for him by any no, means. Not at all. Not by any. It's a horrific incident, mm-hmm. a horrible incident, and it changed policing in America forever, mm-hmm. forever in a day. Um, but. Yeah, what what led to this? What, was he struggling with something? We, we we don't know. Was he pissed off at the department? Was he? Uh, we we just don't. Is he, is he having marriage problems? Yeah, exactly. We, we, we just we just don't we just don't know this. Could that have prevented George Floyd's death? If if somebody pulled him aside because he was struggling, it's a possibility. Sure, absolutely, it's a possibility. Exactly. So, and that's on us. You know, the ones that are still in the career to get rid of that that uh, that stigma. I mean, I like I said, my ten years. It's kind of. I'm not going to say it hasn't gone away, um, or I'm not going to say it has gone away. Excuse me, it's still semi there. But I think being upfront and honest with about it, if if somebody is going through an issue and in talking about it within the police department, don't feel ashamed to go and talk to your supervisor i mean you may not want to but you have to talk about it and you know you have to get it out there at least for your own well-being and you know if if i can guarantee if you told 22 year old me that i have to go to a psychologist and talk about what's going on i probably would have said screw you i don't need to go talk to no shrink and would have ignored you oh, and, I, I agree 100 you know yep. but if you yep. change it to i have to go talk to the brain mechanic and I have to go talk to the guy who, because if you if you think about it, one little thing is going to get your car to line. You know your your uh, your brakes start going, your rotors start going, and then it turns into whatever other other uh, jobs you're going to need to have done in your car since right. then. Because you started letting the the simple things go. The same thing with your brain. If you if you don't deal with it from the start, then you're going to need to go to the need to go to the brain mechanic to get that major overhaul overhaul. Uh, on yourself to, and you're going to be out yep. of commission for a while. It's the same thing. If you told me I needed to go to the brain mechanic and get realigned, I'd be like, oh, oh whatever, let's go. But if you told me you go, need right. to go to a shrink, you know what? It's just that simple change of words that you know may make somebody go and get help when, when they need it. it it's, it's a tough hurdle to do that because as cops, we're suspicious by nature. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll use an example. Like, I'm a big advocate for uh, – Mental health—I uh, call it the mental health checkup. Uh, once a year, you go to a therapist. I think it should uh, be mandated ADHD. almost by law. Yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. But try and sell that—that's a whole different. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so for us, uh, I know, you know in, so, for New Hampshire, the only time you go to a mental health a mental health professional is one if you've been involved in an officer involved shooting, probably deadly incident. But uh, an officer involved shooting, you have to go, uh, and. A lot of that is agency specific. The I believe that the state law says you have to go. I know my agency law says that you have to go, and they will open it up to your uh, family as well, which is I think is a good right. thing that they're kind of you know that they state that in their right. policies. But 
Other than that, it, the only other time you go to a, uh, a, a shrink or a counselor is when you get hired and you answer those 500 questions of one, does it make you feel, does it, do you feel safe carrying a weapon in public? Uh, right. You know, how many times were you on the front cover of the newspaper? Uh, like this, the random ass fucking questions that they ask you the 16 different ways they ask you the same question and it is and your head is spinning by the end yeah, of it yeah exactly you come out of there and you have no idea what just you just feel like you, you just got what just, what just happened tuned yep. up oh yeah but uh so I that, can remember one I can remember one question was would you rather pick flowers or catch a bank robber so I checked out bank robber Oh my God, you're too aggressive. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, what the, what the, that's, that's what I want to go do. It's why I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's just, uh, one thing I want to say also is about peer support units. Mm-hmm. Um, is is a, a peer support unit, and here's where, here's where I always have my differences with a peer support unit for my age was this. A peer support unit should be proactive, not deactive. And what I mean by that, the peer support officers should not be waiting for somebody to come up and talk to them or wait for a major incident to happen uh, or something to that effect. The peer support unit should be going around to roll calls saying, again, in, uh, in uh, 2028, uh, 2019, we lost 228 officers to suicide. Uh, we, again, they, they're talking about what, what the signs and symptoms of PTSD, PTSI, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, listen, it's okay to have, it's okay. I use this phrase all the time. It's kind of cliche, but, it's okay not to be okay. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and 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 show these officers that, and I guarantee there'll be some officer, whether you're in a two-man department or you're a forty-thousand-man department, somebody's going to listen to you and say, "Shit, you know, they're right. They, 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 I, I I get this." So let's be let's be so proactive, you know, instead of being deactive. I I I just don't I don't I don't understand that. Don't wait to be attacked. You know, let, let's let's be the frontline defense. Yeah, yeah, you're you're completely right. You're completely right. I think a lot of those, even those peer support units, I think a lot of them started even after the the wars and the veterans getting back from Iraq and Afghanistan. And I mean, that's when I can think of in this neighborhood that I neighborhood. Wow, uh, this state. Uh, I think that's when they the neighborhood of that time when they when they kind of evolved. And uh, you know, I just I just think it was right around then. It wasn't even right. I think it was mainly the larger agencies. Hiring a lot more veterans coming back, and then them realizing that they needed to support the veterans, not support them in like a cliche sort of way, but to actually support them. And they started those peer support units, and and uh, yeah, that's when I can think of that they actually kind of started. But yeah, they're definitely like you said, yeah. and you know, I've, the one of the first interviews we uh, I talked with the president of uh, Humanizing the Badge, and um, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've spoken with uh, anybody from uh, their organization as well, but he is a police chaplain in the state of uh, Michigan and they have their own uh-huh. their own academy to go uh, to actually be a police chaplain a chaplain they're kind of like the the second man when they when they go to this academy that's what they learn is like all the second man things their right. their main right. responsibilities to be a chaplain and be there for the people but they they can affect the rest and work details and all all of that uh, other uh, other stuff but uh-huh. You know what his main focus is to literally ride around with the guys while on shift. You know, meet up with them, talk about what's going on. That way, it kind of builds that rapport with the officers that they're working with. So when they have to go, if they want to go talk to somebody, that they already have the rapport with whoever it is, and that's already established. So it's easier to break down that first hour of a conversation that you have with a stranger. You know what I mean? 
Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, because think about that for a second. To piggyback on what you're saying, you go speak to a stranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to tell them your darkest secrets in an hour. That's <laughs> no. that's pretty intense. No, that's no. really intense. When I when I, yeah. when I uh, when I when I was going to the counselor, I would, you know, the hour would be up, and I feel like I just got used because I I'd feel good at the <laughs> I feel good at the end of it, right, but then right, I'm passing right. money over. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Like, <laughs> what just happened here? Yeah, yeah. 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 One, of, one, of the, one of the first therapists I went to in Orlando. I sit down, we shake hands. Hey, nice to meet you. Blah blah blah. He and uh, he was well. Let me tell you a little background about myself. And I'm like, okay, you no, know, I'm done with that. Absolutely. Yeah. He's talking about all the girls he banged in college. That goes on for about a half an hour. Are you kidding then me? He, then he's telling, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm like, dude, I'm not living through you right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? And, and I'm like, this is obviously we're not connecting here. Mm-hmm. So then when I finally got to talk, it was he goes, okay, well I'll see you at the next section. We only got five minutes to go, and just give me a credit card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, you won't be seeing me again. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just. So, yeah, you gotta you gotta feel comfortable, and and I like what you said, you know, doing the ride-alongs, and th- that way they they see they may never use you, or they may use you all, all the time, but one way or another, when you're struggling, you're gonna remember things like things like that. You are gonna remember, mm-hmm. and I remember when I was struggling, I thought about our peer support unit, and then I I pulled it up on 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 to see who the members were, and I'm like, yeah, not so much. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, uh, because either they're politically correct or they're trying to get promoted. Wouldn't be getting much support so, there. Exactly. So <laughs> your, your 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 heart and soul has to be has to be in, into it. It's got to be the right it, people. It, it, it does. It does. It's like it's like this: a guy that works for Mercedes is not going to try and sell you a Ford Explorer. You're, 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 yeah, you're yeah. trying to sell you a Mercedes. So you've got to you've, you've got to have that. Absolutely. Yeah. We're definitely on the same sheet of music, no doubt about oh, yeah. it. Now, Mark, how would uh, how would people go and you know if they if they themselves need to talk to somebody or if they know somebody that needs help and what what can they do right now besides going right to the website? What what kind of resources do you guys offer? Well, we uh, also uh, we have uh, there's, there's a there's a, there's a cop line um, that's that's a great resource. We have that on our on our website page. Um, that's that's manned twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. What is the uh, the that's, cop line? Like what's, a, what's the number for? Um, I, I think I think it's I think it's one eight hundred. Actually, let me pull it up. Yeah, um, I got my computer right in front of me here, and I just I actually just sorry. It looks like one eight six six C O P two. The number the number two C O P. Uh, I believe. Whoops! Oh, I clicked the wrong website. <laughs> That's sorry, okay. That's yeah, alright. No worries. Yeah. So we can always edit uh, this part out. So it's fine if it. <laughs> if it doesn't work out, <laughs> it's one eight hundred two six seven five four six three cop line. One eight hundred two six seven five four six three. Uh yes. Okay, yep. and that also is another good. Also, another good one is um, which I, I actually hear really good things about. Also, is I'll give you another number. It's one eight six six cop. Cop. That was the first one I saw. I looked on the right. I didn't look on the left. Okay, yeah, so yeah, that's, that, they're really good. And then if you, if you, uh, the, the National Suicide Prevention uh, line is really good, also. Mm-hmm. And the Veterans uh, Crisis line, you guys have right yeah, there as well. Yeah, I was, I was actually, I was just getting ready to say that. Yep, yeah, that that also. And so uh, those, uh, the, but I, I will, I will tell you, cop line is not a crisis line. Okay. Uh, I mean, if somebody called and said, "Hey, listen, I'm suicidal," they're going to get your help. Absolutely, no, no doubt. But it's not, it's it's not a crisis line per se. 
if that makes any sense. Yeah. What are the what are, what does so, their uh, organization do? They um, uh, um they they it's manned by retired officers. Okay. Uh, I went through their training, so I know this. I they 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 ran it's ran it's ran, it's ran twenty four hours a day, seven days a week uh, by retired officers. You can call up and say, "Listen, um, I I burnt my pizza and I'm pissed." You know, uh, or you can talk about the job. You can talk whatever you want to talk about. They're there to listen, and then they have in, in the database they have their resources where they can turn you on to uh, whoever, they, whoever if you if you're willing uh, to speak to somebody else, like a mental health professional or something to that effect. They're they're really good at what they do. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and it doesn't, it doesn't again it doesn't have to be job related. It could be literally anything. I I was at a conference last week in, in uh, Virginia speaking. And uh, one of the girls I actually went from training had a table cop line, and I heard her say that. Her exact words were, listen, you can call up and talk about your dog took a shit in the, in the, in the living room and you're pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, and we'll listen. So, and that, that's the luck I have. That's the, that's the calls I would get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Now, do you guys... Well, that asshole the... lieutenant that, that I hate, uh, you, uh, that you work for, would be calling. I'm like, where do I know this voice from? Yeah, 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 yeah. So. yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to pass you off to somebody else. Right, right, right. <laughs> Before I just hang up on you. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now, does Blue Help itself, do they, do they offer any... I, I would guess some sort of training for officers or agencies or anything like that. Yeah, we can we can we can provide peer support training for agencies. Is that how to build we a provide, peer support uh, unit or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. How to do that? Um, and that's all. That's all on the website. When you, if you click on your training, um, and then also we provide presentations. Uh, we do we'll actually do. Clover is actually you know obviously put a damper on quite a bit of things. Yeah. Um, but um, we do a lot of we do, do a, well when it's time to get active again. Do a lot of presentations. We speak at conferences. We'll, we'll come into uh, your PD and speak, um, or or anything like that. We're very supportive. I mean, not to get too law enforcement on you, but does that that sort of stuff cost money? Yeah, what what, what we normally will ask for is uh, travel expenses. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and that's and, and, that, and that's about it. Um, we, we, we obviously you you. Uh, again, a plug blue health for a second. Yep. You know, we live off our, don- uh, our donations, but we're not going to tell an agency. I can tell you this for a fact. No, we're not going to help you. Absolutely not. No, not, 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 not at all. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, that's awesome to hear because you know everything. I hate it. It's all come down to money, um, but that's unfortunately it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really. But I, when I say when I say a lot of times I, when I when I when I do presentations to uh, command staffs. I did one a couple of years ago to um, in Montana to a um, countywide um, task force of captains and above, and there, you know, everything was the money. Well, we don't have money for this. We don't have money for that. And I said, well, listen, you have enough money to buy your officers guns, vests, um, tasers, and all that stuff. Find the money in the budget for wellness, or because it was, it was the, the way actually what I was speaking about was how to start and develop a peer support unit. I said, but here's an idea: your county, why don't you just do a countywide? Peer support unit. That way, everybody, every 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 department within the department uh, within the county will will will, uh, will give you an officer, two officers, three officers, or whatever. Because we've that never done it that way. So why would we do it? We've done right, it this way right. for the past well, twenty years. Right, we're territorial. <laughs> that's that's what it yeah. is. You know? Oh yeah. It's like when you go to a crash and you're at the you're you're at the city county line. Well, that's on so and so. Yeah, okay. You give me so so. But it, again, if you just build a team. Because the bottom line is we're on the same team. That's, yep. the, that's the bottom line. And um, so 
to give a little, you got to, you got to take it, but you've got to find the resources to help our officers. Yeah. You just, you, you just have to. And the money is there. They always beg that they're poor, but there's the money is there. Oh, the money's oh, the money's there. Yeah. You, you know, it just, uh, you know, like it was, it was kind of, kind of a really kind of a dumb story, but it's kind of funny in a way we were fighting for our raises a couple of years ago. Hey, listen, we need raises. We need this. We need that. Mm-hmm. They're coming back on us saying, no, we can't afford it. Money's tight. And they went out and bought a snow cone truck. Uh, they they pass out snow cones. For what? And you talk about, you, you, you tell me. I, I, I have no, so that was one of those meetings that uh, I had to get up and leave before I, uh, before I, I, I lose my retirement. Whenever they're yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. win hearts and minds? What, I mean, what, 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 like, I don't get it. Okay. Well, it, 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 for community policing. Yeah, yeah okay. You know, I, just like, but now, but it seems like a waste of money. Find out, in, the, in the agency's defense, that, that truck was donated and stuff like that. But nobody, but see, the problem is it's, perception is reality. They never came out and said it was donated or allegedly donated uh, or, or something that. All we saw was we're fighting for our raises and they went out and bought the snow cone truck. Yeah. That's you know, I mean, you know, w, WTF. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just, that's so, uh, it that, is what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's uh, that sort of stuff happens. I'd say yeah, far too does, often, it, it unfortunately. Does, it does. You know, and, and there are some good administrators out there. They're, mm-hmm. they're really oh, without I, a doubt. Yeah, they they really they really care about their guys and girls. Yep. And their, their hands are tied, you know, because the city controls their money, or the town controls their money, or uh, or just whatever. Yeah, you know. Uh, but they. You've you've got it. You've you've got a chunk of that money has got to go to the officers. Exactly, exactly. And there there are good administrators out there that that realize oh, if some if somebody is, you know, coming to them with a problem that they need to uh, talk to somebody about, that they aren't going to shun this person. They aren't going to ban them. And the, the, obviously, a lot of people think that if you go talk to your bosses about what's going on in your life, your, your me- mental health and whatnot. That you're gonna have your gun taken away from you, you're gonna have your badge, but and you're not gonna ever have a job again. That is the last thing. Right. A lot of a lot of agencies, a lot of administrators have gotten away from that um, from that thinking because it definitely right. was there when I when I started, and it's like I said, it's and I, it's barely even there now from what I've seen just across yep. the board. So, it, yep. It, yep. Uh, I agree. Yeah, it's the last thing that's ever that, that's ever gonna happen to you if you need to talk to somebody. I mean. I just want everybody to uh, to know that and uh, get that right. So, so it looks like you guys have uh, have actually done a lot for law enforcement, and you know, from this from Karen building this uh, organization back in 2015 to what it uh, has been now. Um, what do you guys have planned for the rest of the year? You said you have that uh, that ribbon cutting in September, late September, and then. Uh, what else do you guys have yeah, going look, on? Yeah, looking looking forward. The, the, the Texas uh, event is huge, obviously, and we, we're starting to look at now our Survivor Dinner, which is ne- next May. Um, is that during Police uh, Week at DC? Yeah, but we're not sure if we're going to have it in DC or not. Okay. We haven't decided yet logistically where we're going to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to the kids' camps I was talking about earlier for um, uh, the survivors, the, the children of. Um, Officers that die by suicide. We're looking forward to doing our presentation, uh, getting back on board with presentations, training, and uh, but again, covert is just really, uh, my God, it's really, it's really hurt us. Yeah, it's changing. Uh, yeah, but that that that's our future right there. It's full full steam ahead. Uh, we're we're going to help officers and their families to the to the best of our abilities. How can people support uh, you? Uh, well, on the website, uh, there is a donation button. Okay. Um, you can support us that you can support us that way. We also uh, uh, we sell T-shirts, challenge coins, um, you know, that that you know, 
that that way also. Um, mm-hmm. Supporting us also is just getting the word out yep. that Hey Blue Help is out there. That's that's a huge support. But uh, yeah, don't uh, you know? Obviously, we we live off our donations. That's, yeah, that's understandable. You know, being, being a nonprofit. So understandable. Well, Mark, I uh, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show, man. It means a lot to me, and it means a lot to me that you were able to you know share what had gone on in your life and the and, and the, to raise you know kind of your that they kind of actually raised your second career i would say you know from that yeah, happening yeah, it's this, you've grown life after the job yeah but you've grown like in a, in a personal way to deal with what you were dealing with and now look at what you're doing you're helping other people you're still making that impact um and that's that's a, it's an amazing thing well, thank you, and I truly appreciate that. And I, I again, I truly appreciate you guys taking the time to, to, to acknowledge this issue, which is obviously alive and well in the first responder world. Exactly, uh, and, and you guys, and you guys are you guys are taking a taboo subject, and, and we're talking about it. And I, I, I take that as a compliment that you reached out to us, and I, I, I owe you guys one. I definitely owe you one. No, oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's uh, I, it, the the thing that got me interested in it was you know and was a like Minneapolis and I'm just thinking to myself like what 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 issues was he dealing with to, to have that happen you know what I mean right. and so right. I've dealt with my own shit and you know I've I've been on your website years ago just to see uh look at it and whatnot and you know it's it's yeah it's just great what you guys have been doing and I, I fully support it and here to support it here to talk about what's going on it's just that stuff that never gets talked about and i think it's it, it needs to be talked about it and you know what I'm, I'm kind of that same not quite to the level you were about just speaking up with stuff but i'm kind of I'm maybe a few notches below and uh well, and i definitely there's, love there's, there's nothing, there's, like i said earlier it's okay to not to be okay trust me when i say that yeah it's it's it's, per, it's perfectly fine to have a bad day or have oh yeah bad days yep but as long as you as long as you acknowledge the issue yeah. i was just thinking you know I, when i got sworn in on june 6 1985 if you told me on uh, september 16th 2020 I'd be on a podcast talking about mental health. First of all, I'd say, say, what the fuck is a podcast? But talking about my suicide attempt or something like that, I'd be like, what? this is insanity. That's what this is. Yeah. There's, there's absolutely no way. So we've came a long way. We really have. Well, that's we awesome. Really that's awesome. Because I can yeah. only imagine what, what you went through when you uh, when you started with just like, you know, the, the, the taboo subject. Not going to talk about it. Not going to acknowledge it. We're going right. to put it away in the corner and right. move on. But... Oh, that's well, awesome. Remember the, you've, you've, I'm sure you heard the expression "quiet practice." Yep. You know, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. I, I drank some serious beer back in my day. Well, I appreciate beer, but yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, Mark. Phil, do you have anything uh, for him, bud? Uh, Mark, just want to say thank you. I appreciate uh, your courage and your story and uh, talking to us tonight. It was really insightful, and I hope that uh, there's people out there who you know need to hear it, and they hear it, and from there they go on and get the help that they need. Well, well, John, Phil, I, again, I, I truly appreciate this. Yeah, I love you, brothers, uh, and thank you for what, for what you guys do. And, and feel free to reach out anytime, uh, and I'd be more than happy to help with anything I can. Awesome, awesome. I mean, yeah, I definitely will we'll plug this on our uh, Instagram page. Phil, how can that people support us if they uh, if they want to do so? I mean, our podcast, and how, how can they also support? Uh, so they can find us at at Point Man Podcast. Look at that. You remember after a month of not doing a podcast. It's been a month. Yeah, you've had me <laughs> off the job for so long. <laughs> at Point Man Podcast, uh, wherever you can listen to a podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast. There you go. I think I'm missing one. Probably, uh, probably Google, a few others. Google yeah. Podcast. Google Podcast. That's what the one your dad listened to us on. Yep. 
So, yeah, you definitely find us on uh, those platforms. You can find us on Instagram at Point Man Podcast. You can message us on there. You can, hey, like we've talked about before, um, every message that you send us will get read. I mean, because of all those supporters, we have like 113 followers right now on Instagram. But uh, we're going to bump those numbers up. numbers. We got to bump that exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But oh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, yep. We'll, uh, we'll bump those up. But uh, like every message you uh, that you send does get eventually read, even if it's good, bad, and different. I mean, Mark, it was literally, I think it was within the first 24 hours of creating the Instagram page for the uh, podcast that we had first hater mail with uh, with the screw the police and all that sort of stuff. It was right, right. Well, you yeah. almost have to kind of expect that. In the oh, day, yeah. Unfortunately, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, if you guys need to talk, I don't care. You know, any any time, day or night. I mean, I'm working midnights quite often. So shoot us, and I'm the one that uh, kind of manages the, the Instagram now to like give Phil the. Uh, the the likeness to do that um <laughs> i'm still not a big boy yet so. <laughs> but uh if you guys want to talk i mean we're we're here all the time it's not monitored 24 7 but you know what shoot us a message on there if you want to uh just vent or whatever whatever's going off uh going on excuse me in your in your life we've i've already had somebody do that once um so you know what i, I don't have an issue with that i'll monitor it all the time i'll get you to mark or whoever else i can to um to have somebody talk to you and you know like i said right. it doesn't hurt to have somebody do that um you can yeah, also we're, we're all we're all in this together exactly you can also email us at pointmanpodcast at gmail.com and uh and go from there mark you have anything uh any closing words or anything bud no i just want to thank you guys again and i'm just gonna recant my my uh my phrase it's okay not to be okay and we're all in this together we're brothers and sisters we're in, we're in arms we can get through this absolutely. Exactly, exactly. Well, for uh, for Phil over there, I'm John, and uh, I hope you guys have a good day.